1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our guest this week is a former pro surfer from South Africa. That's right. P-R-O. Pro Pro Brew. Pro Brew. (laughs) He's called Huntington Beach his home for the last 33 years. We love him. Homebrew. Homebrew. (laughs) You weigh that thing out. (laughs) He's an incredible shaper and craftsman, making a variety of boards from performance to twins to long boards and the occasional knee board. I've seen him. No way. I'm impressed that you knew that. Yeah. <laughs> he even gets commission from interior designers to hang his boards as wall art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen that too. Surfboard building is an art form. Yeah. He makes hand planes for those that like to freaking charge the wedge. 747? <laughs> and he's even built a 14-foot paddleboard with his son for the Catalina Crossing. Yeah, we wow. did. we got to check that out. I saw a photo. It looks amazing. And when he isn't shaping, he loves to fish. Yeah. And travel and surf, right point breaks and rip the bags out of them. Guy rips. Damn. We welcome our brew, Barry. I appreciate brew. Being We're gonna here. wear it out. <laughs> yeah. Vandermeulen. Yeah. Vandermeulen. The fish shapes. So if you've seen a, a fish Thanks, logo James. on a board, that's his logo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dude, welcome to the show. If I, if I actually thought about it, I would have worn something with a fish on so you could see what it looks like. Oh, we're yeah. going to be blasting it. Yeah, we're good. Well, yeah, dude, you, you got to wear a, uh, a company shirt. I'm just stoked. I got out of my white right? Tyvek suit. Right, Julian Yellerk. Yeah, right, Rivka? Right, PM Tenori. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Tenori going as well. Yeah, and wow, we even showcase our sponsors. We got Shade Sunscreen. Thanks, Strider. We got Ashland Hard Seltzers Variety Pack. Shoots! We got Shoots Japanese Lager Beer. And uh, 
we got animal crackers because <laughs> I like the snack. Sorry, I won't blow, blow your drums up. But yeah, um, dude, finally. Yeah, it took some here snow to get me here. And for a long time, you've been. We were dodging us. You were dodging us. No, I, I, <laughs> I'll, just... I'll explain. What happened okay. is you hit me at the St. Simon and Jude's Fair, and I think you were like six or ten Coronas deep. Ten. Which so one, on. though? Not this past year. No, but you reminded me the part. So I was like, these guys are just drunk. and Because it's they been don't... years. Yeah, it has. It right? Has. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And plus, I kept telling you, I go, when you run out of guests, I'll, I'll be the, like the back backstop. But anyway, I'm stoked I'm here. I, I, I wasn't sure that you were serious at first. You're like, hey, we got to scrape the bottom of the barrel. Let me call Not this Not even, dude. Well, I'm stoked. No, you're a pinnacle to our community. You, yeah. you, you help out the Edison Surf Team donating, yeah. HCS, boards donating, yeah. I think, right? You've yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been... It's funny, I looked through uh, my, my back of my shop the other day and I got, I've got um, framed artwork from Groms that were, I think it was like 2000 and... I'm going to say 2008... All the little high school grums that roll in now with their kids, yeah, which yeah. makes you feel really old. Yeah. But anyway, I've been making boards for Edison for a bunch, and it's you know full circle. My kids have come and gone; they've been through it as well. Yeah, you know? it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, before we jump back into the beginning, yeah, uh, I want to. The thing that I I always think about when I think of you is that that last part of the video. You know, what I'm talking about. In, in the Billabong video? No, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Yeah, the, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> you seriously? Ah, what Verdone really? would always bring that up. Would he? Yeah. Okay. So but, more people know about than I do. Bro, uh, oh, screaming. Yeah. Just blew out their Dude, yeah. Shut up. Keep it down. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was my claim to fame. I think that was my <laughs> one <laughs> of them. No. So what happened is I was sponsored by MCD at the time, and um, it was a Billabong pump. Billabong video. Billabong pump. Is it pump? Yeah. Okay. So now the shitty thing is I've got to show my Groms this thing afterwards and get re-embarrassed. Have they anyway, not seen it? I don't think so. Bro. Yeah. What? Have you seen this? You know what we're talking about? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, was, I was surfing J-Bay, and the, I think the NSSA team was there at the time, and Peter King, who was a bro of mine in SA back in the day. Um, he, I think he orchestrated this because they show footage of Aki getting out of the water at J-Bay. And you've surfed J-Bay. Yeah. It's not just an easy out. No, got to hit that some days, some days you make the channel and you get out, you know, no problem. And other days you get the piss beat out of you on the rocks. Well, they show Aki getting out clean as a whistle onto dry sand. And they show me just getting annihilated. <laughs> the, the local. Full, yeah. And I was in the army, so my hair was shaved and all i look like like uh oh, come on but you know? so it's i try it's to suppress a, that memory yeah it's like the last part where the credits of the yeah. video are right nah or is it even know, i think it's somewhere in it, it might be close to the end but yeah it, yeah like i said i try to put that in the back of my mind and er, erase I, it I've, I've, I've said this before but my first session out there yeah uh, one the sun going right and the yeah sun yeah. right in the morning let's like you can see yeah and Aki pretty much almost took my head off by like a hair. Yeah. Like yeah, you cover I'm like, ground. he doesn't see me. He doesn't see me. He doesn't see me as I'm like trying to get out of the way. And he just like last second, just barely like doesn't take me out. Yeah. And then into the session, nobody, I got, I paddled out dark, you know, I just followed some dudes that, the, yeah. you know, were, I didn't know how to get in and I got 
fucked up. Yeah. I got black. I mean, yeah, it's three mil suit. My shins were freaking filleted. My foot filleted. Wow. Like, bad. Yeah, it's, it's not it's a really, friendly reef at all. And, it's very and it's, sharp. It's also, there's a platform to it. So you get pushed against it. It's not just like you wash on top yeah. of it. Sometimes you're you below squashed. sea level. Yeah. And you got to go over it at low tide. Yeah, it was not things. And it's, yeah. and it's like Jagged. sharp. Really yeah. Jagged. It's not cobblestone. No. Yeah. Anyways, that was my, <laughs> my opening surf session there. Yeah. He's yeah, always no, making it about him. This, we were talking about his thing. Yeah, bro. and he brought up Aki, and he asked me, you've been there, right? Yes, yeah. I have. No, I, I haven't. No, you have not. <laughs> I've been there many times, and I finaled an event there. Damn. Yes. Okay, yeah. what, what is this Shit, show about? Bro. Yeah. It's not about late life. Come on. So, anyways, if Kuka the Day yeah. or Kook Slams was back there. Uh, I was back, front you page. Would be, yeah. yeah. You, I'm you could be right there. maybe the video clip of the year. Oh shit! <laughs> no, it's not that bad, but it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. So cut up, board destroyed, everything or not? No, I don't think so. And there's a guy I remember. He would tell us when you get in, you should be like a cormorant and stick your head underwater and look to see the rocks that don't have urchins on it or that are safe to step on. Yeah. And but there's foam and there's waves yeah. and I'm yeah. falling over and it, yeah, yeah, it's it was, pretty murky. It's yeah. not like really no, it's not clear. crystal. It's not it's yeah. not Tabarua. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm I'm horrified that you knew that thing, dude. <laughs> Shit, what else? Are we I don't know why that's, that's going to be the opening part of the, the promo this week. Yeah, yeah. I'll um, have to dude. find it and dig it up. <laughs> don't worry. Um, we'll reclaim you uh, surfing man. You know, proper. Uh, okay, uh, so let's start at the beginning. Back in uh, the motherland, in, huh? Yeah, so I'm from... Uh, I was born in Johannesburg, but I grew up in Durban, South Africa, which is where at the beach where um, Sean Thompson... Martin Potter, Geordie eventually. So it was a it was a high performance zone, excellent waves. Um, and then every weekend I would go and travel with a photographer, um, Chris Van Lennep. I don't know if you know Van. Yeah, the man. He, yeah, well, he, he got you. He got, he got, you he got cover, me a right? cover of Surfing Magazine yeah. at Hustler. Yeah. Again, we have to. Yeah. 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 Make it about. Yeah, Late night. Chris Van Lennep is the man. He, <laughs> yeah, take, he took the me man. to the trans guy. We went to the Coffee Bay. Yeah. We, I did a lot of like cool yeah. trips with him. Like. So I'd cruise with him and. Uh, but no, no, no. Let's okay, start at okay. the beginning. Oh shit! Even how, further back. Yeah. Than that. Like, how so did you, you get into Johannesburg? Born Johannesburg. Jo- jo- so Johannesburg is inland. Okay. Like it's like being, it's being way deep in the nine oh nine, like six that hours deep. Okay. Yeah. It's like an hour. No, no, six hours. No, no, but. We would fly into Johannesburg and then take okay, a puddle so, jumper. Yeah, it's like, an hour flight. Yeah. Hour flight. Mm. So anyway, moved from Johannesburg to Durban uh, when I was about, uh, I'm going to say, eight or something like that. And then immediately, I mean, our, we, we stayed in a hotel while we were looking for a place to stay. And I remember looking out the window of the hotel and seeing a Grom skating and he had long blonde hair and just skating. And I'm like, shit, dude, this is, this is surf life, you know? Yeah. And it didn't take long. How, how old were you? Eight? I was about seven or eight, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, I was, you know, thinking of the age kids started now, that's kind of late. But yeah. anyway, um, my dad shaped me my first board. Your dad? Yeah. He wasn't a shaper, but he's like, bullshit, I'm not paying that. Let's make you one. <laughs> so I go, okay, let's make one. And I remember. What was your dad's name again? Bunny. Bunny. Yeah. We met Bunny. Yeah. We, we were fortunate enough to meet yeah. him back in yeah. the day. Yeah, he was a classic. That dude, he and had mom, no filter. Your... Irene. Okay. Omi. Buddy and Irene. Yeah. It's classic. So, so yeah. anyway, um, yeah, he's like, bullshit, we can make one of these things. But I remember 
he he taped he used um it, not electrical tape but um duct tape not Mas- duct tape like a plastic tape you know oh. um, I'm trying to think of the name I'm drawing a blank but anyway he did his pin line with tape left the tape on the board and glassed over it so there was eventually <laughs> the tape cracked and then I pulled the tape and just <laughs> ripped the whole glass out the thing like electrical tape like electrical tape yeah, yeah like the blue, electrical black tape tapes. so pin line tape your dad <laughs> didn't want to buy you a board yeah he's like hey is this gonna stick you know so I was like I, I dig it but big anyway. investment when you're kid, yeah. you don't know if your yeah. kid's gonna and it. I was in junior guards nippers we called it at the time and and I was all about nippers and I was into it and was the best shit in the world. And then surfing found me and then it was like nothing yeah. else. No rugby, no cricket, no soccer, no nothing. Just surf. That's what happens to all of us, yeah. I think. Yeah. So uh, moving inland to the beachside community. Yeah. You're in junior guard program. Like who, who were the first surfers that you, you saw? Like, well, Sean they... Thompson was a was a fixture. You know, I mean, he was like he was the man and world champion. No, he wasn't world champ at the time. I don't. Yeah, he was. He was. Sorry, he's seventy six. I think seventy seven, no. maybe seventy seven. Yeah, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, PT anyway, I think was seventy six. Um, so he was. Uh, yeah, he was the the guy. You know, and as far as all the others, so I didn't know who was who. Yeah. You know, I just knew. Do you remember it being a? A crowded lineup? No way. Nah, not at all. It was a place even further along. If you, we'd go with Van and we'd go up and down the coast to some shocky places, you know, scary, no one else is around. You kind of watch the ocean for a while before you paddle out just to make sure nothing's out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but anyway, you drive along and you see a car on the freeway with a roof, with a board on the roof rack. And you're like, dude, that's, that's Bill. Where's he going? You know? And, where did this come from? Like you knew every single person that yeah. surfed. It was a small community. Small community. Yeah. Yeah. With incredible coastline. Yeah. yeah there's, so the beachfront where I grew up, they, uh, talking about sharks, they had shark nets protecting that beachfront. But the shark nets were only in a certain area. Um, the, whole, the whole coast wasn't protected by nets. But the last dude, and I might be wrong, I'm not going to, you can't hold me to it, but... The last guy to get attacked was Sean Thompson's dad, Ernie Thompson. Oh, shit. In, in, in South Durban? Africa, in, in Durban, oh. at a place called The Wedge. Not the same wedge, obviously. But anyway, um, I think it bit his hand, and I remember it wasn't a bad attack. And he had like a, you know, he had it deformed his hand. Hmm. His arm and his hand. And then they installed... After, like... That was before shark nets. Okay. That was okay. the last attack, and then they installed shark nets, and there was not another attack hmm. in the shark net area. So, the, so anyway, Durban was safe. So your parents were cool to let you surf Durban because there's shark nets, no one's getting chowed. But then I met Van and Pierre Trusty and a couple dudes, and we'd go up and down the coast where there's no nets and there's no people. Yeah. But Chris would Chris Van Ennep would get amazing. You know, he he loved to shoot that area. Let's talk about though. Before you you met uh, Chris Van Lanup because uh, we love that the, the the young years of yeah. like you talked about your first board. How, how did your dad's handshake. board work? It were killer. Your first brand new board's a magic one, you know. Yeah, I remember. I was stoked. Um, so sorry, the first board. Yeah, it was my first board. That that board that my dad made me was unreal. Light blue bottom resin. And it tint. worked. 
were killer. It was a single fin, <laughs> pintail. Like I, I think my toes were hanging over the edge of the thing. Um, that you, did your dad shake? Like, oh yeah, physically bought yeah, it, like, the foam somewhere, and I didn't even know if you could get like it. Seriously, could have been like a chunk of foam. Like it was. It's one of those things that I wish I kept for yeah, sure. Yeah. Like my kids' first boards that I made them, I still have them. That's awesome. And I thought I'd give them their boards, you know, like, hey, this is your ground board when you turn 21. But that came and went too quick, you know. Yeah. Now I've got to wait till they're like 50 or something like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, special moment. Yeah, but anyway, so that board was killer. Um, and I rode the hell out of the thing and it did, didn't did matter. He, did he build it from start to finish? Yeah. And glassed it too himself? Yeah. yeah. Wow. With with electrical tape in it. <laughs> and what was his? Uh, what did your dad do for work? What he was, was um, he was a he, at the time he worked for a computer company which was non-existent. We didn't even know what a computer was. You know, this yeah. is nineteen eighty, probably nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty kind of thing. Crazy. Yeah, and um, called Olivetti, and then he also worked as a safety instructor, like an OSHA kind of dude. You know, he'd go and inspect. Um, factories make sure everyone's up to code and yeah. doing the right thing. So he kind of had somewhat of a engineering, you know. Like no, mechanical no, no, he wasn't. He wasn't much that way at all. You know, um, I think in South Africa, labor was cheap and stuff like that. So most people would just pay someone to do stuff. You know. Yeah. But when we moved down to the coast, I think because my dad, he he had he was a lifeguard when he was a young buck himself lived at the coast and then you know moved inland but anyway um i think from the years of being a beach dude he decided let's uh let's make a board you know yeah how cool yeah and well, how, how long were you on that thing for you know i i would probably say i rode it for a couple of years hmm. and then i remember going to the the local shaper his name is um spider murphy who made sh- that board of sean thompson's in free ride yeah. spider shaped that and yeah. spider also became the guy that taught me how to shape later down the line oh, awesome yeah and i went to his shop and i would stare through the window <clears throat> and they had these the plainest ugliest at the time but like just uh, it's so weird how vivid certain memories are you know mm-hmm. and it was wing swallowtail twin fins white tinted ugly as hell but like they were just wham bam and they were a hundred bucks at the time and i'm like i'm gonna save up and get one of these bastards for sure you know yeah and but that that <clears> took a, I, i'd never got a new board i, I mean I, I would get hand-me-downs for sure and then it was only later when I started competing that I I got I got sponsored, got a new board, and you know went from there. Yeah. Now, was there a lot of kids your age that you started surfing with? Or yes, eventually there were, and uh, you know at that age I remember there's surf divisions because I you know went from just a little grom surfing, and then they had the same as the the um, board riders kind of thing that have surf clubs. And I remember I belonged to this club right by my house. We lived a couple of blocks from the beach in high-rise flats is what we called them. Snake Park was the place I I grew up surfing. And Snake Park was called that because there was a snake park on the beach. So you could, it was like a snake zoo. And you go there and there's mambas and all kinds of crazy shit in the snake park. But we, I'd surf Snake Park and the dudes at Snake Park were bad dudes yeah 
They were rough locals. Rough as hell, and they they took the Groms on well. But was it part of the, like the end of the beach, like yes. away from yeah. like kind of yeah. like the, the main time? Yeah, the, the 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 pretty zone, the Bay of Plenty, where Sean and the boys would be, is over here. You know, maybe a mile or half a mile away, but Snake Park was the derelicts for sure. Rad dudes, what yeah. a what a killer bunch of guys. You know, I, I'm so I belong to Snake Park. Quick Motion was the club's name. Quick Motion. Quick motion. And but you guys had board riders clubs. That kind of yeah, because yeah. Snake Park had it. Um, the Bay of, the Bay had it. They were called. Um, why can't I think of their name? North Swell was one of them. I'm, I'm tripping. There was a lot of clubs within just a few miles. Yeah, of each just a few miles. Yeah. There was four or five clubs, you know, right there. Yeah. And what was the competition like? Would you? They'd have age group divisions. Yes. Yeah, so like... I was in the boys division at the time, which was 14 and under. Okay. And then they'd go 15 to 18, and you know that. So so I was I was probably 12 years old when I started doing competing, and. Um, Started in the little club thing, and then there's a there's a similar to the NSSA vibe over here. There's an umbrella um, company uh, that's called the NS uh, NSA Natal Surf Riders Association. And over here we got states. In South Africa we have provinces. Natal is the province that I grew up in, and um, so I competed in in the Natal vibe, and they took four kids to uh to the nationals the south african championships mm. and i remember making the sa team back then which was in i mean it was the best thing i'd ever done in my life you yeah know? And, oh, cool and and you like got sponsored through the club or just because you were i got ripping? sponsored through let me think of how it was i got sponsored partially through the club but mainly i'd say as soon as i made the nsa, NSA team then you know, Sponsors there's four kids going. and it's like, hey, yeah. So, so um, sorry to catch up, but when when you're starting to do these clubs, was there surf shops too? Like, yes. Like, which shops were there? So, Safari Surfboards, which is Spider Murphy. Okay. He um, had a shop. He had a shop. Safari and I remember surfboard. the address, 28 Somsu Road. That's kind of crazy. So that, awesome. Yeah. And I actually, that was one of my first jobs. I, I Where I lived, I'd ride my bicycle and I'd go to work there. Um, there's a the, another the two most powerful actually three powerful ones that I would say at the time as I remember and I'm you know my head was probably up my ass so there's I bet you there's a bunch more but anyway one was Safari yeah the second one was Country Rhythm and Country Rhythm was um, the Lawson brothers I don't know if you've ever heard of those guys yeah. but I remember they did an article with um, Tom Carroll at the time like back in the day and they he said. Or they asked him who the best surfers in the world were at the time when Tom won the world title. And he said, hey, two South African kids, Tommy and Peter Lawson. So my first ever sponsor was Country Rhythm. So I was on the team with those badass dudes, you know. And then at the same time, Gotcha, Paul Nordee. So I got sponsored by Nord when I was... That was your first Ten, sponsor, yeah. clothing sponsor. Yeah, rad. And what I'm still sponsored by him today, whether he knows it or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sponsor for life, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd call. It's embarrassing. I'll call him when he when he took or he got Visla or he founded Visla, and I, you know, I'd call him for something. He's like, okay, I'm, come by, and he he was there on a weekend throwing shit in the box for me and my kids. Working. I'm like, dude, 
it's like surely you can put someone else to work you yeah know? why do you have to do it and make me feel guilty and i walk out of there with a box from nord you know but, how awesome yeah he's been looking after me all the years as he should yeah you know one yeah. of the homies one of, one of some of these guys day. that you know like mcknight and and hurley it's such a trip how cool they are yeah you know and, and paul is the same like these gnarly dudes yeah that are titans of industry but they still give you the time of day yeah yeah you and know? He, you know he's a he's that's a, what it's about like yeah i'm and yeah they're not know, in it they didn't get aired you know they're just yeah. like well, they just made some people that that's happened to well no for sure yeah. but, but these guys who've created the these I mean, empires yeah. yeah like if anybody you would think would get you know over yeah. it yeah or above hey, it hey barry um they could have just say hey i'm too busy i'm jet set yeah i'm, yeah. I'm like wherever and pawn you off to somebody yeah. else but he's like no and like i said it made me it made me feel guilty i walked i'm like oh you you know i saw him i thought he was there to work like it's a weekend i'm thinking wow that's weird that the the, the, the guy's working on the yeah. weekend yeah but he wasn't even working he went to pack shit for me and my kids that's so awesome like, damn you know <laughs> so going back to south africa how did you get sponsored by country rhythm like you know, did you I would think it was just, a no, no, yeah. they track you down, yeah. you know, at the time. And you're just a standout in the lineup. Uh, yeah, I can't exactly say that for, for a 12 year old kid. But yeah, I, I guess I was doing well in some events, mm-hmm. made that NSA team. Um, and to be in the top four was was pretty challenging at the time, if I remember, you know, and then then I'm then I started winning some contests and. You need to go. No, no. you good. So, um, so anyway, it just it just kind of steamrolled or, or snowballed from there. Yeah. And then being friends with with Chris Van Lanup, we'd go up and down the coast. So he was shooting photos for Zigzag Magazine, which was Paul's too, right? Paul was one of the photographers, yeah. and so he was involved. I think it wasn't his mag, I think, but he was one of the one of the guys, yeah. you know. And then I, I, I heard a, I heard Paul started that. Zigzag. I think he might have started yeah. it, yeah, because he's a photographer as well. Yeah. Um, so another full circle thing with Nord is that when I was a Grom thinking of sharks again, trance guy that Jade mentioned, um, they took three surfers and three sailboard guys from, you know, from the the, the Gotcha team, MCD team, and we went to the trance guy and we surfed down there for maybe two weeks or whatever and nord came down at the time and he was he took photos of that and they had a cool little magazine kind of vibe in the zigzag but being bros with van every week he's taking photos so they they just flooded photos i I had a lot of pictures you know based on cool by association with with van yeah and um and so i think thinking back as a sponsor now if i saw that kid i'd be like hey jump on my boards it's a free ad in every single mag you yeah know? yeah so you were connected to the right people i was connected to the right people i was you know i was a clean cut kid i think you know i was focused on surfing um i you know i did stupid crap but nothing nothing bad stupid you know yeah. just normal dumb teenage not the crap. kind of shit that we but, did yeah exactly <laughs> but it's easy to get into trouble because it, it's kind of like the wild wild west there. yeah yeah there's it's a lot of there's a lot of trust that your parents put in you because they just hey 
there's you know when i grew up at snake park that's the first time i'd ever smelt weed it's the first time i'd you know i used to sit under the tower all day just getting scorched waiting for the tide to change and you would dig next to the pilings of the of the of the lifeguard tower you'd sit under there for sun and wind protection or whatever and i'd be like what the hell is this Little and you'd find joints and all kinds of stuff you yeah. know and um, every beach has got it <laughs> yeah for sure but, but just the like drinking age is like yeah. 15 or they don't even really they don't check they don't even really check yeah yeah and you know i just remember you know you go to a, a bar or a club and it's like there's a coat check and a gun check like you there's you check in your your firearm at the door yeah it's yeah. it's you know and growing up in here at huntington beach yeah. you're like wait what yeah you're like yeah yeah it's Perfection. definitely it was definitely there was trust involved for sure you know you you that your parents would like hey uh, do the right thing dude you know what the right thing is make sure you do the right thing yeah and but i was so focused on surfing that it didn't i, I didn't want to get distracted and my dad saw that and he would always even with girls like when i started getting to the dating age he's like hey if you get a chick pregnant you can never go to indonesia yeah and i was like Oh, I'm staying away from girls. Yeah. I wanted to travel, you know? Yeah, he, he knew the, the I right was, word yeah, to tell I, yeah. get you to I thought it was automatic. Straight. The second you date a girl, she's pregnant, so I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. I don't want to even go near that shit, you know? Indo was on the hit list, though. That's yeah. like, that was your, your trip, Dad. If I get save him yeah. money, this is where I'm going. Well, what, what the, the deal was is that when I was growing up, apartheid was, was prevalent. I mean, it was, it was a law when I was growing up. So there was a lot of sanctions against South Africa for the majority, like the majority of countries. You could go to Australia, you could go to Europe and you could go to America. Yeah. You weren't allowed to go to Indo. You weren't allowed to go to all these amazing destinations. And I was like, you know, I, I, I had this belief that if I went through somewhere else, I'd be able to backdoor and get in there if I moved somewhere else, you know? Yeah. But Indo, we live vicariously through media and you guys live in southern california and this is normal shit to you but where i was this huntington southern california was the epicenter of the universe and i'm sitting for the surf world of the surf world yeah of the fashion world of the music world i mean bands tsol guys yeah. like and, and now yeah. i move here later and everyone's like oh yeah dude jack is my bro from i'm you know i, I couldn't believe it you yeah know? Mel- it's a melting a pot of of so much great talent from like you just mentioned from music to yeah. to acting to yeah you know skate snow moto yeah like i mean everything. so surfing and surfing magazine you would you know that was the bible and you would study every single page yeah how how like you know you're getting your zigzag your local mags yeah you know monthly like how long would it take to get like a surfing a surfer that's funny you get it late you like someone would somehow have traveled and brought it you don't subscribe to it you didn't get it monthly at all yeah so all of a sudden one of the bros at the bay would be like dude i got the mag you know it's like three months later like but, you know, three out. to five months later you <laughs> yeah. get it so you way behind but every single page, you knew what was... You, know, you studied that thing, you know? Yeah. It was worn out by the time it got handed to you. The, the, the video... Watching surf films and videos at a surf shop. Yeah. Were you doing that too? Or was that no, before and, your time? That was after your time. No. So videos... My one bro um, that I actually came out here with um, ripped. He was, he was insane. Noel Rami is the guy's name. Uh, yeah, we, know, we remember Noel Rami. Yeah. yeah. 
good damn good surfer insane competitor the guy you know he was a he was a tank fought like a bastard as well you know he was a good bro to have definitely and um then anyway um he would he had a video player i remember and get videos i don't know how the hell he did but we didn't even have one you know so i'd go to his house and we'd watch the coca-cola surf about 1981 i think it is like i remember the same thing the smells and the sounds and the the yeah. feeling from watching that and you just hit it watch it again watch it again just a yeah. hundred times you know so yeah. it was just just before videos started coming out yeah. you know when i was getting into it so if you got a little bit of anything you would hang on to it yeah. media wise magazine video yeah anything yeah. media wise now um your first board was a spider murphy no, the first, the first sponsor was Country Rhythm. Okay. Lyle Coney was the guy's name. And um, I, I, was, I rode for him for probably, I'm going to say, maybe five years. Good long um, time. Yeah, it was a long time. And I remember, you know, talking about riding for Gotcha. At the time, loyalty was something. Yeah. Um, and I remember one Christmas... The, I wasn't really, I wasn't really progressing, and I can't say I blamed the boards, but having hung out with Pierre Tosti and these guys, I, I felt there was something that I knew that Spider Murphy was the guy. And so I remember, you know, it's much like dating. You can't go and go to a new girl and go, "Hey, can we date?" and then break up with your old girl. You got to break up with your girlfriend first, yeah. and then hope that this new chick's gonna say yeah. yes. So I remember it was I like Christmas that analogy. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You hear that, guys? Like. So, so um, it was Christmas time, and and I was like, I, I got to, I got to break up. You know, I got to call Lyle Christmas and and tell him, hey, I'm, I'm. Did you, you know, did you try? Uh, no, any other words no. first? No, I was one hundred percent like I'm faithful. I'm writing, so I'm doing this. And I don't know if it's going to work for me or not, you know. And I loved Lyle's boards, but I was just stagnant. Yeah. And there was something that, hey, you got to go to to see Spinny. Yeah. So anyway, I called him on Christmas and he had, he was funny and he said something funny. And I, and I just, I didn't really laugh. You broke up with him on Christmas? Yeah. Dude. It was Heartless fool with, over here. I remember I was crying. He was crying. It was Seriously? the worst. Yeah, it was the <laughs> sickest feeling. And he goes... But- Give me another shot. Give me another try. Yeah, it was. It was Let's make not, you a quad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've mentioned that you know, surfer shaper relationships is oh, like yeah. a girlfriend. Like yeah. you know, like it's very emotional and well, you become you family. Talk. It is. You know? Yeah, and yeah. you tell stories and and I, you know, I was friends with his him and his wife, and I'd go down south and I, you know, I worked there for about a month or two. Yeah. You know, kind of just tinkering around, not much shaping or anything like that. But anyway, as soon as that happened, then then I went to 28 Somsu Road and I went and and I walked into Safari and the guys looked at me like, dude, what are you doing here? Yeah. This is not your hood. You yeah. Know? And I'm like, hey, can I speak to Spider? And the owner of the company, Graham Hines, who's an amazing surf coach, he was my coach and stuff, you know, afterwards through the years. Yeah. Okay. And and they were immediately like, no worries, let's make you a board. Immediately, I went to the back and no one would go into Spider's room. It was like secret, you know? And so I'm in there. I was like, holy shit, I'm here, you know? Yeah. And the only it's guy... It's kind of cool to hear how important yeah. those steps are. Of yeah. Like, 
your loyalty and your like being honest and sincere about, hey, I wrote for you for five years. Yeah. I really, I need to do something yeah. different, you know? Yeah, because like, now I think, you know, now being on the other side of the ticket, making surfboards, the only, the way you know is like the dudes, you paddle out and the guy's paddling one arm over a logo. Hey, bro. Oh, I meant know, to call you, but. Dude, <laughs> I found it in the car park, you know? <laughs> yeah. So true. So, it is. It sucks too because like, I mean, it sucks because he's a board whore, by the way. So he doesn't. Care. I'm oh, not. Damn, he's, dude. he's never I, had that relationship. I've never. I actually did. Yeah, I was you kidding. Would, I have. Yeah. I've been loyal to certain people you sometimes, have. but just a lot of people. But like you, yeah, just a lot of people. But he doesn't discriminate. We we we've had people on the show, and they they ride for the local shaper. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you, you've gone through the same thing too. But it's like when you're a professional surfer yeah. and, and you are, that's going to be your thing. Yeah. You got to choose wisely. You got to choose wisely. And, you know, surfing, you could be the most talented motherfucking surfer in the world. But if you don't have it here in your mind, yep. if you don't believe in yourself yeah. In, yeah. In, in one little faction, whatever it is, yeah. right? Like somebody could, you know, a friend, an acquaintance, you just ripped a wave, right? Yeah. Let's say you're at a contest and the guy goes, dude, you're surfing really well, but you know what you should do? You should try one of these. Yeah. And that little... The more you yeah. rip, the more people start pulling you away oh, yeah. trying to and, pull to you. Yeah. Like, oh, you should, dude, you should try one is, of these. Or do go talk to that. Yeah. It starts yeah. getting a little bit... And some of it is is like... And some just, people are just trying to take you away, but then some people are trying to give you good. It's advice. not nefarious a lot of times, but they're just yeah. like it just starts pulling you, and again, it goes back to that mindset. You, you know what? What I what I've found, um, and I've never really sponsored. Like I've understood my position, and I realize that I'm not a player to be able to accommodate somebody world class like that. You've got to so get money. them a quiver. You've got to, oh, I'm in Australia. Oh, shit. How am I going to ship you some boards to yeah. Australia? Whereas if you ride for Biolis or or CI or someone like that, he can have lost Australia. Yeah. You know, there's a 12-pack ready for you when you get to Oz, you know? Yeah. So I've always been, I've always been um, realistic about it. Yeah. And Rudy Palmboom, for instance, who lived in Huntington, who's in my mind one of the most amazing freaking surfers you know style drawing different lines and all that and i made him i made him boards for a number you know for for a number of years yeah a completely diverse quiver and he came to me and he's like hey i got an offer from there and i go i can't i can't match or beat that yeah. I, as a bro i'd tell you do that you know yeah. yeah as a surfboard shape i'm like shit i yeah. wish you would stay but as a friend, I'm like, hey, that's this is an offer you should not refuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fine line too because of how expensive for both parties. Whether yeah. it's a surfer have, having to pay even a bro deal, yeah. so expensive versus the shaper having to shell out yeah. all that money. It's yeah. a big expense, and it is you know people. Hey, I'll promise you X amount of boards a year. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Like, but. You gotta you gotta have that relationship. The board's gotta work. I don't care if somebody gives you fifty boards a year. Yeah. yeah. If it you don't have a good relationship or the yeah. boards don't work, then it's kind of like, yeah, it's, you know, it's not going to happen. It's not going to, yeah. And the confidence as a competitor that you bring with the right equipment 
is mind blowing. Yeah. You know, the, you you're invincible if you're on the yeah. in the magic board. And like I said, For if you're sure. if that's what you're going to be, and you're, yeah, you're going to try to be a, a yeah. professional surfer, yeah, a successful professional surfer. You gotta do everything it takes. Yeah, that's you know? one of the one of the pieces to the puzzle for yeah. sure. Yeah, a, a critical one. And, yeah, and just to kind of speak from different times, like now everybody pays boards. Yeah. Like you know, like yeah, I don't care if you're top well, top yeah. of the food chain. Like there's still you know compared to you know there was a lot of money going around in the yeah 90s at one point yeah at, you know and it was you know there was a lot of boards you know yeah part of the part of the deal yeah. Yeah. No, I, and money. Yeah, I think uh, I think in order, for, you know, especially where I sit, for the world to go around, I think it's a good thing if if riders help pay for their boards, yeah. whether it's full, you know, or a partial bro team, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But um, you know, when it comes time to to keep your business going, and you know, I see guys and and they've got to build an entire quiver for this, you know. Johnny Hotnuts Pro guy, whoever it is, I'm thinking, holy crap, that's a week's worth of work. How did you get paid that week? You know, because yeah. that guy's not paying you full pop. You know, yeah. so um, you know the guys that can do it have ghost shapers, or you know they've got production guys that yeah. are dealing with all the clients and the paying and the surf shops, and then they will focus on the team, which yeah. is something that I I can't do. I mean, yeah. I got to do the whole run the whole gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a wild business. So know? so what was the uh, that first board? Spider. Was it? It was insane. I, um, did you feel a uh, straight away? I did. And the best <laughs> part of it is that is that Spider he gave me the board, and it's the same thing I bring with me to to this day. You know, you make a first board for a guy. That's the shot in the dark. Like, I hope we good, but if not. At least we have a starting point and we can move from here. Yeah. And Spider did the same thing. And he said, hey, if this doesn't work, bring it back and we'll fine tune it. Mm -hmm. And I go, what do you mean fine tune it? And he goes, hey, we could sand down the edges. We could refine the fins. And I'm just going, holy smokes. I didn't even know this was even possible. Yeah. Like too stiff or you, it bite, you know, yeah. like just and you kind can, of soften. Yeah. Were you... Um, kind of learning about design and, and no not yet i was still too young i was um i was probably 13 14 i was probably 15 at this point in the game and um and so when i was in the boys division i the reason i think i i had the chance is i'd, I'd surf na the national event what are the sa champs south african championships as a boy at a place called nahoon reef which is Again, I mean, I guess every story I'm telling you has got a shark involved in the thing, but it was it's sharky. A lot of attacks have happened there. A good bro of mine got attacked there. Andrew Carter, did you remember that yeah, dude? Yeah, he he survived, but in this attack, two dudes got attacked at Nahoon Reef. One guy didn't make it, and the other guy, Andrew, did. And I'd sent the I set up some of the Huntington kids that went and stayed at Andrew's place at J Bay, and I said, hey, ask Andrew about his shark attack, you know. I mean, it was a great white that pinned him to his board, and it was one of those classic hoop bites around the torso, you know. And um, and Andrew's like, oh, we don't have problems with sharks over here. And I'm going, did you ask him to take his shirt off? I mean, the dude's almost got bitten half, you know. So and the crazy. other guy, um, Bruce, uh, Brett Corby, I think it was Brett or Bruce. There was two brothers. But Andrew got bitten in that one attack, and then... Bruce was paddling in or Brett, one of the brothers, and he goes, I think I got bitten as well. And the shark had taken his leg off like way up here, you know. 
by the time they got to the beach, he didn't make it, and Andrew did. So double hit at this place in the Hoon Reef. Same shark. Same shark. They say it was the same shark, oh big old one, gosh. and it was a big day. The reason Andrew got loose is that it was a bomb, and the set landed on him and the and the shark while it was on him, and it separated them. So he got washed in. But anyway, so Nahoon Reef is where I surfed my first national event, 13 years old. And shit scared. I made the final. I'm paddling out and it was like big. It's like sunset. It's a big, open, dirty water, scary. You're alone out there with three other little scared kids, you know. And I remember they didn't tell you results. And I I went to the award ceremony and I'm like, actually, there was six kids in the final now that I'm thinking about it. And, uh, and they read, like, I, you have no clue. There's no scores. There's no, you know, like, sixth place. It wasn't me. Okay, fifth. That's ah, not me. Fourth. Third. Holy shit, I'm in the top three. Second. It wasn't me. And then they go, they call my name. I'm like, I can dang. You won. And so I won that thing. <laughs> and so I remember calling my, my dad. And that was, that was a big one. That was it. Yeah, that was, a, that was like, okay, it's on, you know. So Nahoon Reef, East London. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty much really sharky. I've, I've heard. Yeah. yeah. Port Elizabeth. Like, yeah. Like, it's well, really East sharky. Is, but. Yeah. Nahoon is, I don't know why it's as sharky as it is, but there's another attack that you've probably seen on. But they got a bunch of river mouths like, yeah. along the coast. Yeah. And there's is, waves up and down that coast. Yeah. I'd go, when I stayed with Andrew, that's who I'd stay with. Um, it's like, he's like the Brett Simpson of, of you know, the, of Nahoon. You know, he was the guy kind of thing. And, um, and I stayed at his place and we'd go up and down the coast and the same thing, these waves are so freaking insane, but shit, dude, every second you put your fingers in the water to paddle, you think it's going to get ripped off, you know? so crazy. Yeah. Why is there so much activity? Yeah. What? So much. East coast jet streams, they just, you know, it's the the ocean currents and I don't don't know. Is there a lot of like seals and sea lions? There's a lot of sea life. There's the sardine run every summertime i believe it is way like deep canyons too yeah and it, these fish you know i mean it's 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 alive you know and i was they, there during one of those sardine runs so like you mentioned there's the fish uh the shark nets yeah well and they they got to pull they, they gotta pull them because they'll rip them and, and ruin these expensive yeah. like shark shark nets yeah mm. so they pull them all and then they you know beaches are closed so it's like a two or three day like run you yeah know? and yeah. i'm talking a foot foot and a half deep beaches 20 feet up the beach, the entire coast of sardines, and people are coming down, yeah. the less fortunate, and they got buckets after buckets, bags after bags, and they're bagging up is everything that's they can food, get. That's food, as and, much and, as they can and, handle. You know, it was wild. I was like, You'd see, what are they doing with that? Oh, that's food. Food, food for their... You'd, yeah. For them, for the animals, whatever, you know? Yeah. And you actually, you would stand and you just see an oil slick out there, a yeah. massive oil slick, which is the sardines oil and you just see fins and explosions and crazy. It was... Yeah. And so I... Yeah. I was, you growing up there, did you see sharks yourself? Once. I saw... One time I saw a shark at Belito. Yeah. I was with Wade Sharp. Um, I was with Wade, Chris Van Lennep, um, Pierre, and another friend of ours, Greg Swat. His name is, nickname was Saurus, a guy freaking probably one of the best surfers ever. But anyway, we out there and I see... Not far from us, I saw something and I'm like, I've never really recognized that there was a reef out there, you know. 
it was at Mike Savage's house, like Mike Savage's parents had a place there. We called it Sav's Island after Kong's Island. And we thought we were in the middle of nowhere, but it was like 10 minutes away from where I lived, you know? And I saw this thing moving. I'm like, ah, no, it's not a reef. It might be a kelp pad, kelp paddy yeah, just paddy. drifting. And then it's wave lifted up. And I just was like, oh shit. You know, just this submarine. It was going, it was so slow. It was like, it was looking for parking and it just sort of lifted <laughs> And I was just like, oh, shit. And I didn't say a word. It was the first time I'd seen a shark. And 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 I just quietly turned around, like, watching. And I barely... I, I was shocked. Stunned. Yeah, stunned. Yeah. It was, like, all of 15 feet bigger. Turned around. And, and Van, who would shoot all the time, was surfing. Good surfer. Charged. He was on this left and did this bottom turn. And as I saw that, when I realized Wade saw it and he started screaming and he was a little grom. He was a couple of years younger than me. And we turned in and Van was coming up to hit the lip and I, I was just like blazed over and he realized, oh shit, something's wrong because we didn't burn each other. He straightened out. We hit the, went all the way to the beach and then we ran along the beach and watched this thing just cruising. Wow. And then they would throw, the, the sharks board would throw a 55-gallon drum with a big old hook and a pig on the thing, chuck it out there and hook the bastard thing before, you know, and they would kill That's, it. Really? I if think. they spotted a shark, they would throw they, a... They would bait it because that shark is like, hey, I'm here, you know, I'm going to live here. And, you know, that's tourism, everything attracted, you know, attached to that damn shark if it attacked. Yeah. And there were no nets and there. And that part of the coast, even though he said it's pretty close, like... Durban, Piers, kind of like a Huntington, Newport, Murky can get pretty clear, but where they're at, it's definitely like more like a Laguna-ish. Yeah, like yes, it is. White sand, more like, you know, like you're you're Clean, not mistaken. Pristine. Like yeah. you see a shark, yeah. you're going to see the, the whole outline, not like, I don't know, is that adult? You know, you're, there's no yeah. confusion. Yeah, for sure. Like but sketchy. Luckily for you, your whole time over there, you only saw one. Yeah, I only saw one. You felt them. You saw shit bleeding on the beach when you'd go and surf like they, in the Cape and stuff like so, that. There's a sharks would get caught inside. They, you know, the nets. Explain the nets. They're like size of a football field, and they go like ten feet deep. They don't go top to bottom. It's one continuous, and they stagger them. So if, if something does go in, they get yeah. you know other sea life. It's almost like a maze. Kind of. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a maze. But what what it, they rely on is the the sharks' radar. So shark is in open water. Ninety percent of the sharks get caught on the way out. Shark is in open water cruising. Life is good. Then it splits between the nets, which are staggered, and it comes in all calm and cruisy, probably hunting, comes into the beach. As soon as it gets between the beach, the nets, which now are staggered, and it's, and it's the beach over here, its radar is bouncing against something. Like, oh shit, I'm trapped. Mm -hmm. So the panic sets in, like I'm trapped, and they normally blaze out and get caught in the nets on the way out. So you, a, they, they there passes. with you. It's a place they call like the, the Natel Sharks Board. Yeah, so you could go and they'll be like, "Hey, they caught sharks," and they're going to do an autopsy. Yeah, you know, and you could go down and and watch, watch them, kind of see what, yeah, what they what they eating ate. and yeah. what they've been and whatever. It's freaking wild. I don't know if I want to see that. And I wish I had, you know, back then. Like we were wa just walking one day, and you yeah. tried not to carry anything. Yeah, like, I had yeah. no you, camera you to watch. You're yeah. like pretty stripped down, and we were there, and I was like, man. One day I didn't have my camera or, you know, usually we're carrying shit. And I was yeah. like, it would have been so rad. Oh, you see a, a, like a pickup truck with a damn tail over, you know, like hanging off the truck, strapped down and dragging, <laughs> you know, the whole tail down the street kind of thing. Um, 
they they would clear the nets. So we another national champs I surfed down the coast at St. Michael's and they cleared the nets. And I remember, and I say, every time I say it, like 101, it sounds like bullshit, but we counted 101 sharks that they'd taken out of the nets when they stripped the nets. In and, one day? In one one harvest you know wow and they line it up on the beach like this and your heat's about to paddle out but there's 101 sharks laying on the beach <laughs> and i remember there was nothing no great were they bites. big no uh, there was some strong they, they, ones there was tigers there was bull sharks there was no great and whites. you guys get all the sharks yeah we get all great whites i mean warm water durban is freaking hawaii and we got great whites there you know yeah so like the Makos and hammerheads and I mean everything because the, the bulls and tigers are the most bulls, aggressive. Bulls right? are the bastards, yeah. So and it's so weird because then I'm here and I have this like while I lived there I didn't have a phobia of sharks. I was like, yeah, shit, it's just what it is, you know. And then I move here and now like sharks are in my brain, you know. Well, you fish a lot. Do you see them fishing? Yeah, I've caught them, uh, you know, but nothing, nothing vicious, you know, nothing brutal, you know. Um, but you see Makos when you're crossing to Catalina or if you're lucky, you see a great white from the boat in a clean environment kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I think drone action, I'm sure if you threw a drone up over there right now, you'd piss yourself, you know. Yeah, but they'd have lifeguards and then shark scouts. Spotters, yeah. Spotters, yeah. You know. They have an elevation. They got clean water and you, they send the shark alarm. I surfed. Thinking back to being a Grom, when the NSSA team came out when I was a kid and I was on the South African team and the NSSA came out, it was Boothie and Scott Farnsworth and Todd Holland, Archibald, uh, Parsons. I'm trying to think of who else was on the team. Silver. Doug Silver. I think he All was. All-star team. So, yeah, badass dudes, you know. And um, anyway, Todd Holland stayed at my house and I remember... We were surfing at the bay and the shark alarm went off. And normally, like, you know, it's like if you hear the shark alarm, you get out of the water. Yeah. Don't even think about it. But but then what that meant is that North Beach that had insane waves, which was a bathing beach only, no surfers, no one's in the water. So we're like, shit, let's go surf North Beach. And so we paddle around the pier thinking, well, the beach is closed, you know. And myself and Todd at the time, I remember, and we surfed North Beach while there was a shark alarm going on, but they don't, they don't leave you out there. They caught, I mean, we got like two waves and they hauled us in. But for the most part, the second you hear a shark alarm, you get the hell out of the water. Hell yeah. Yeah, they, 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 they we were surfing one spot, I don't know, south of Cave Rock, another half hour, 45 minutes, one uh -huh. little, some kind of little, right? Yeah. Anyways. Like lifeguards come on and we're we're filming, you know, we got a good crew and and they were threatening like a fine and arresting. Yeah. Like Yeah. Yeah, and they don't in. mess around, you know, they they definitely they're aggressive, you know. It's old yeah. I guess it's the same, yeah, it's old school, you know. Yeah. So what was your like first job? Here you are Grom surfing, like I mean your parents were helping out, your sponsor, but you know The first job that I had was when I had started getting boards from spider murphy and i went to him and i said hey i'm interested in learning how to shape so he said okay there's a room in the back and it, <laughs> i was such a dumbass anyway they had this like the back part of this factory that was the sanding room and there was no ventilation extraction system or anything like that and it was about 
I mean, realistically, it was a foot, if not deeper, of just where they grind, you know, they foiled fins and it was it was like the worst fiberglass, fiberglass room in the world. And and Heinze said, they go, hey, if you clean that, you can have that room and that can be your shaping room. <gasps> I'm like, are you shitting me? It's the best surf shop in the entire universe. And spiders, the, you know, going to teach me how to shape in my own room. And I'm like, these guys, they think it's going to be difficult. I go, I've got it figured out. I'm going to get water and I'll just chuck water on it, turn it into gunk and sweep the gunk. And I remember (laughs) taking a bucket of water and throwing it. But since this damn dust is so light, it doesn't turn. It just went boof. It's like repelled. Uh, And yeah, repelled. And now I'm just in this cloud. No mask or anything like that. And I'm just like, son of a bitch, you know. And I itched for like, seriously... (laughs) I'm going to, uh, one move. a month. <laughs> rookie move. Right yeah, there. rookie move. But anyway, I swept that thing out and I turned that into a shaping bay. And, um, and then Spider would have, you know, he at the time realized, hey, I need some, some young blood to take, you know, to help out, you know. Fin- finish boards. And, yeah, you yeah. Know, help. And there was no machines or anything. Apprentice. So, yes. So I would go there and he would show, hey, Barry, come and look at this. And, oh, man, I would just sit in his room and uh, I would be mesmerized. You know, I love I love watching people work and create if they know what they're doing. And this guy was like magical with a planer, you know. Yeah. And so um, so he taught me how to shape. And then I also airbrushed. I was an airbrusher for them at the time. So I learned how to airbrush. And so I, my room and his room were next to each other. So it was like no one had access to Spinney's room except for Sean. And when he had shaped boards for Sean, he would meet him at like 2 in the morning. And they'd shape early in the morning so there's no interruptions. Hmm. And then I could walk in. I was like the king of the universe. Like, hey, Spinney, what's up? You know, And I'd just stand in there and watch him shape. So that was my first job is, is, is shaping. Um, it is airbrushing first and shaping. first job ever was shaping. Yeah. That's and, crazy. And yeah. how did you, did you have a knack for like air spraying? Did somebody teach you like pinstripe? How to Same like, with Spider taught me how to air spray and, um, and I cheated. I wish I didn't cheat if I think back. You know, he was so freaking insane with pulling a pin line that he would just, I go, hey, Spin, I've got six boards. Can you tape them off? He's like, yep. And just zoop, zoop. Like in one minute he had tape it off. Whereas he should have said, nah, bullshit, figure it out, you know? Yeah. And, and, and we're talking like, 80 so 9 out of 10 boards are getting custom spray yeah, yeah. you know yeah. like faded you know like, something yeah. like intricate and, and, and he was doing Mark Richards boards at the time and he was they were doing Hawaiian Island creation boards at the time wow and you know he was so he's a dis- distributor over there so that led me you know to HRC as well so when I traveled I got to you know I got some HRC stuff Sino mags Sino Magalani boards yeah. and you know when I went to Hawaii he picked me up and all that so anyway it's sort of back to the loyalty part you know all the stuff that I've done that's kind of down the line it's, it's stayed with me you know yeah yeah Which it's like part insane. of yeah I mean there's so many you know different facets of like the shaping you know like yeah. hot coating and glassing oh, yeah. sanding fins you know like air spraying yeah usually so, if you start at that young age you're going to kind of work in every department yeah and i've i mean more so now than ever you know now i'm doing all the production on my own which i it's challenging i love it i get to do every single part i get to learn every single part um shaping is an amazing part of it but you can you can butcher a shape with a bad 
glass or fin placement or sanding yeah, or all whatever, that you art, know? artistic work and yeah. it with a I mean everyone everybody that is involved plays a critical part you know you can't discount one dude like the lowliest guy on the totem pole yeah, in a factory needs to be you know on his game in order to make a magical board in my opinion you know yeah so crazy and, and you know without jumping around too much like now you know here you come from like the 80s every board's sprayed now it's like it's all white or it's like a resin tin yeah you know? and that's like and it, even with spraying, it's still, you know, I still spray boards. You know, I still, I love it when somebody asks for an air spray, I still do. And fast forward, you know, 30 years or 40 years later or whatever it is, um, I made a bunch of boards for a surf shop and uh, the dudes wanted just a black pen line around the whole thing. So I called um, Jerry Manny, who's a knee rider. He works with Pure Glass. I'm like, hey, can you help me? And he goes, yeah, I can. He goes, but I'll do you even a bigger favor. I'll let you do it yourself. And I go, what the hell do you mean? He goes, you. if you do 10 in a row, you're going to be yeah, set. Yeah. I'm like, shit, dude, it takes so long. It's so much easier if you just come in and do it. He goes, just do it. You'll be stoked. And I did those uh, 10 pull tape, pull tape. And yeah. and I swear it didn't take much to kind of get back on the wagon again. And a little muscle so, memory. Yeah. A little so, technique. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to competition. Yeah. Um, how much... How, how much longer did you do the uh, amateur stuff? And were so, you as- aspiring pro? Like, Well, at that, what happens in South Africa, I don't know if it's the same over here, but if you want to become a professional, you actually have to sign paperwork saying, I, will, I cannot come. If you take money, you're not allowed to go back again. You can't become an amateur again. So at 14, when I surfed and I won the national, the SA champs at 13 years old, I think I was. Um, then 14 you go to the next division and so the next next is the junior division so my goal was i wanted to i wanted to win the the sa champs as a junior um i think not that i'm a fighter boxer or anything but it's like hey if you get a title good and well but if you get to defend your title that's when you're a badass you know in the the next entry yeah so i'm like okay now i'm up against the big dogs and i you know I want to I want to win a national chi- title at that. So it was let me think Durban hometown was the the nationals that year. No I didn't have to think about sharks or anything like that. And I remember um they had I made the finals and it was a cool competitive thing man on man and all that kind of stuff, you know, they they followed the WS or the ASP at the time. And I had a tenacious bastard competitor in the final. <laughs> Justin Strong was his, is his name, and dude was a tank. I mean, the bastard. He was a hustler. He was he traveled with Gerlach for a number of years. He was a really heavy uh, competitor. Hmm. And the final, they made it two heats. You got to serve two finals, and they tallied the best of the two, and you won. It was like it was kind of so. If you blew one heat, you got a second shot. You know. And I remember it's the same as Huntington. You're surfing next to the pier, paddle out next to the pier, all your friends and your bros and everything are on the pier. You direct contact, you know. And the first heat, I won the first heat and Justin was hard to topple. He, his, he was like invincible, you know. That dude wouldn't give in anything, you know. And I won the first heat and I got out the water and I, I, I saw he was defeated and I'm like, He's like, oh, I heard you only beat me because you got the better waves. And I go, and I was never, I was never a gamer. I didn't play that game, you know. 
well, like, screw you, you bastard. I'm going to come at you. You know, I go, yeah. I go, but like nine points. I, I mean, I whipped him in the... I'm like, nine points? Even if I got the better ways, like nine points? You know, and he was... I remember paddling out and he was just like, he was over it. You know, he didn't even paddle and I was like, fucking bring it, you know? <laughs> and so, and I won that, that uh, the second heat, so I won that contest, which was, I think I was 17 or 18 at the time. So then I go, okay, the next division is old dudes, like 22 years old or whatever, and I'm not going to wait that long. I want to turn, turn pro. pro. Mm-hmm. So that's when I turned pro and then I competed in you know that south africa had a little mini tour going and once i turned pro that's when i looked to california and i go i want to live no no i didn't think i was going to live here i thought i was i wanted to compete here i wanted to do i wanted to do the psaa and i wanted to just for a year and i wanted to yeah i wanted to surf the pipe masters and i wanted to surf the op pro that was my i had low goals for myself you know but coming from relatively a small town in south africa yeah this was a huge yeah deal yeah that's a huge surf dream yeah just and to, to travel i yeah. mean just to what, travel alone yeah what was your first like out of country trip was this it I, this was, was it this was it so i came here 18 19 i was 19 i just got out of the army because in south africa you got to go to the army for two years what so is everybody that? everyone yeah they yeah. do that in like so jordan israel and changed changed yeah so I was the freaking last year for two years. And the next year they go, hey, just do a year and a half. Then it was, let's do a year. Then they canceled the compulsory part of the thing. So I was yeah. the last. I'm like, shit, if I just waited, I didn't have to do it. But it makes you who you are. Yeah. It was, it was, in a, I didn't enjoy it at the time, but I, you know, it, it you know, so you learn a lot, you know. Yeah. Boot camp and then you're kind of more on like a, a reserve program where you don't have no, to No, it's boot camp for four months and then you get transferred and we were... It was a volatile time in South Africa, and they were there were dudes fighting, you know, excuse me, like a war. Yeah. Um, the Angola War. And anyway, um, I got transferred because I was a sportsman. I just won the national champs. I petitioned and I said, "Look, uh, you know, please, can I be near the ocean?" So they transferred me to right. There's a um, military base right across from my house. It's called Natal Command. That was nicknamed Hotel Command because it was pretty chill. And uh, that was, I'd walk to work or to the army and then I'd surf every day. And it was amazing, actually. It's like being I, at Camp Pendleton, but yeah. Like, yeah. Not, yeah. And so that was my army. So stand. did you have to live on base? Yeah, you had to live on base for two years. So it's basically the army. That was my job. That was my only other job I had other than shaping surfboards. And, and, and what did you do? Like, what was your daily duties? I was um, in the stores. So I would give, um, I'd issue uniforms and boots and laundry. We'd do laundry. So they'd drop their crap off at our store and we would launder the stuff and give it back. Hmm. And the whole army, from what I remember, was kind of run in a way by the store because you could trade and stuff like that. The chefs, same thing, like, hey, you want, you know, we'll give you the good shit. And the guys putting you on duty, like the guys running the, the duties, because every night you had to go on guard duty around the camp, you know. So you had to be on, let me think, it was four hours on, two hours off, four hours on, two hours off kind of thing, you know. Mm. So you you protecting the camp at nighttime, you know, the base. And it was right across the street from where you lived. Yeah. <laughs> so right. my mom would bring me sandwiches and shit like that, you know, and... 
And then um, and you wear a uniform. Yeah, you got your browns. It's just the most dull, dumbass uniform. And you'd have to get a shaved head. Oh uh, yeah, you, your head's your head's cut. yeah. So if yeah, you look at Billabong nice. pumping my hairdo, is how it was, you know. Yeah, I remember like going down to Mexico, Porto, and stuff, and you know, friendly with uh, Coco um, Nogales. Nogales, and yeah. He he was like, you know, wanting to travel to Hawaii and go serve California and, and he had to do two years in the army too and they made you to get a, like a passport you know yeah and they made you keep like a certain amount of money in the bank that you couldn't like so you knew you had you're you were coming back flee. yeah you had to come back like it was you so could only weird. access it back here and it was a decent amount I think it was maybe a couple thousand US I don't know I don't recall but it yeah. this was back in the back you know in, early mid 90s you yeah. know and it's that, almost like a good thing that they make you do that yeah you know what i i I, as long as you're not in war yeah and that's the the problem is you 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 got you 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 on call you know shit hits the fan and they like uh, when i was when i actually i was on a pass surfing and my whole um platoon platoon while i was gone i get back and i'm whoa i walk in this whole room 32 dudes and no one's there and it looks empty and i'm like kind of walking around kind of confused and i go to my sergeant major at the time and i go i you know i didn't say hey you know you salute you know or not a salute that guy but you add attention and respectfully you know you set up an appointment and i go in and i hey i don't know where my guys are you know and that whole platoon got taken out and they were mine sweepers. They'd walk in front of oh, God. a vehicle and sweep for mines. And I'm like, shit, I was surfing. If I wasn't, I'd be a minesweeper. And uh, so, you know, you for two years, it was it was cool, but you are you always on edge. On edge. Sure. Yeah. You, you know, and something happens volatile, you know, some kind of weird thing. And you're like, oh, damn, is it my time? You know, am did, I going to get a call? Did you ever go surf like Mozambique and stuff? Because I heard there's no. an incredible like... Yeah. No, I never went to Mozambique. When I was growing up, um, my most adventurous was uh, the trans guy. Mm. So Mozambique so, was also more volatile at the time. You know, when apartheid was in play, you didn't want to, you know, I mean, you know, you were a target if you stepped out of South Africa. Yeah. So the my... my my first major trip was jump on a plane and get come to Huntington Beach. That's so funny. Yeah. So who? What were your? You, you mentioned Pierre Tosti. Like he, how how much older or younger was he? Say he was maybe three or four years older than me. Okay. And he was that. So he, he was also a clean cut dude. I think if he was a bit more rough around the edges, he probably would have done better on tour. But he he couldn't have you know the. The tour life was a little bit too rugged, you know. Mm-hmm. But he was the national. Ch- so I was looking at him, and he won the SA champs. I'm like, shit! If he can do it, I'm going to do it, you know. So, um, yeah, I'd say he was three or so, four years older yeah. than I was. Because he had a pretty successful run at. He did professional surfing, I, and, and so he rode for Spider Murphy at the time as well. And I remember Graham Hines, Spider's partner, the guy that owned Safari Surfboards. You know, they was that Pierre had the talent, but he just, he was a religious guy. Mm -hmm. He didn't want, don't drink, don't swear, don't look, don't touch, you know. And I think the boys on the tour was the Wild West Aussies and they ate him up, you know. Yeah. If you can't rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. Um, and what did he? So he was a professional surfer. And did he work for the WSL or was he a photographer? What did he do? He's a photographer. Photographer too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because I, I knew he followed like 
all the events yeah. and was kind of like this maybe a staff. Yeah. I just remember for, for his, the wetsuits he wore. Yeah, like blue and pink. Yeah, blue and pink. Victory. Victory. Yeah. So when I was a Grom, one of my first trips to J Bay, I got I was sponsored by Alida wetsuits, and over here, and I ordered a like custom order suits and they go okay we'll make you a suit i got a short arm full i got a full suit and it was electric blue and lime green i mean it was when i put that suit on i was the king of the world you're a star i was the man (laughs) custom where do you want your logos yeah in 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 the thread you could get different you know thread so i I was so i was like i don't (laughs) give a no one is going to get in my way and i remember going to j bay with my bro Noel and I put we you know we drive in a normal car with boards and all this shit and I put my bag with my wetsuits on the roof to tie everything down and I remember driving through the trans sky and I saw something and what the hell something kind of I'm like I'm just maybe it was a bird anyway I got to J Bay I'm, I'm dying to bag throw on my out. full suit and I'm the man it came off the roof. bag flew off in the middle of the trans sky and I was like son of a bitch now I had to wear someone's like dive suit with a beaver tail kind of action <laughs> and I sucked so bad it just sucked the wind out of me you know uh, so damn it. I mean so explain like the trans guy right like so the trans guy trans is a country guy. or trans guy trans yeah. you know it's a country within South Africa so it was imagine imagine Arizona, like, no, let me just think of how, like, imagine Phoenix being a country within America. So yeah. the Trans Sky is this country within, and it's called the Wild Coast. It's not very inhabited. It's pretty sketchy. It's the way you get from Durban to J Bay is you've got to go through the Trans Sky. And if you want to get some waves alone and insane, you go to the Trans Sky, go to the coast, and then surf these insane waves. No one will be around. Um, incredible surf. Trans, T R A N S K E I. Trans guy, which means trans means across, and Kai is the Kai River. So across the Kai River. It's so just kind of mirrored across like California coast. It's like you have like L A. and then Santa Cruz, but in between there's nothing except the trans guy. Yeah, it's maybe even farther apart because it's like a ten. You know, it's a pretty far drive. Like so, it's even like. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, but it's a country. Yeah, it's a country. It's an African country within South, South Africa. Africa. Yeah. But wow. it's, it's so rural it's a, and undeveloped and very like, you know. Yeah, it's 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 a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, there's no do cities. It. There's no town. You're talking like, yeah, you know, country. Fishing's mm-hmm. good. Surf's good. Nobody around. There's a couple lodges there right now, um, you know, in the certain places. But we, we went to some... You know, you couldn't even pronounce the names. I remember um, Ntlonyana was one of the places and Landile was another place that we served these these scary, you know. I remember jumping off the rocks the first morning with, it was myself, Greg Swart and Pierre Tosti were the three guys for MCD. And I jumped off the rocks at um, at the you know at this one spot. And as I hit the water, my brain did this weird switch where it looked at me from underneath, like like now I I was watching myself paddling like from below, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm now I'm in the food chain for sure. Mm. Um, and the photographer that came with us, 
was on the rocks the year before the last trip he was there and they saw let me see how to explain this the photographer was there with a lady whose boyfriend was in the water and this great white came in and they were from here to you know 40 feet from the rocks close so you think you can get out if need be you know nowhere and this damn great white came in and hit this dude in front of the girlfriend and the photographer and they started grabbing rocks off of the reef and throwing it at this thing and the thing took his legs off and bumped the front of his body around and then ate the damn dude so like we just watched this go down in front of them dang huge sharks yeah and then so so we surfed the place a year later with the same photographer you went to the same spot yeah and no, it's not like 200 guys surf it, you know, like probably 20 dudes have surfed it in the last year kind of thing, you know. So we get there and we surf it. And on the way back, Andrew, the photographer is like, hey, remember Alex, I think the guy's name was that got attacked. We're like, yeah, they go, that's where you got attacked. It's like, son of a bitch. Oh, you didn't know. No, not when we paddled out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went there with Chris Van Lennon up on a trip and that guy is like the gnarliest heat water man water, yeah water yeah. photographer like he'll shoot he'll scream and he'll shout shoot, he's the noisiest dude in the he'll lineup he'll shoot land but he prefers to get those barrel yeah. shots and, yeah. and like action so he's a swimmer yeah. for sure yeah. and we're at this place and he's like we're like well what about that wave he's like no yeah no we, can, we can't like no yeah oh what about this one no we can't we're gonna yeah. wait for this one and we're gonna you know he yeah, had river all. mouths there's all kinds like if you you know if it's raining, he was very smart not like he wasn't you know reckless Calculated. like he wasn't gonna be like oh we're gonna just go serve it because it's good he was like no we gotta yeah. we gotta yeah. watch we gotta assess we're gonna make yeah. sure like <laughs> there's no big whiteies out there yeah it was gnarly so was there much like localism from different spot to spot there was, um, and even within, you know, it would, they would teach respect or, or demand respect, I would say, where um, it wasn't exactly localism, but you followed the rules, you know. So if you paddled out and you try to do something dumb or paddle you know, someone's inside or get, you know, grab a bomb or out we of turn. We stayed in like that place yeah. for like 10 you days. stayed in that yeah. spot? Yeah, that's like, called like, a rondavel. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta send me that picture. That's I'll find. Cool. I, I gotta go. I wish I'll, I'll go through some photos and see if I can find a couple from. Yeah, I, that that whole episode. trip that we took, um, they did a little article in the zigzag at the time as well. And I remember, I got some cool pics on the thing, and you know, ah, oh, damn, it was a magical, yeah. magical spot. And and you know we um, and Chris has been there many times, and it was rad because, you know, we're bringing makeup and coloring books and, yeah. and extra clothes because you're you know you're, you're giving doing the barring and, and, and you're just trying to hook up lots of candy lots of little treats and you know these kids were you know talking about resilience and and knowing the land like yeah every morning we wake up and i mean like as the sun's rising you know we're getting our coffee and we open the door and there's like three little kids with like 15 lobsters and i mean fucking massive Donkeys. like yeah like huge and you know we you know give them money and we figure out pricing and then you know at, like the third day every morning yeah, like, they, How do. You they got a freaking coat hanger catch their hands lobsters with the coat hanger dude i'm telling you like a, a little wood stick with a fishing <laughs> line and a coat hanger we're like 
where's your guys' equipment? And like, this is it. Yeah. And we were trading like best in the business. Yeah. You know, and, and again, like treats and candy is like a specialty. They don't get that stuff. You know, yeah, there's they, a couple little like little grums. You yeah. Know? I mean, they're yeah. like eight years old doing and, that. Uh, you know. They were super stoked. We felt we were getting, you know, better into the deal. But, like, you know, we we hooked them up. Obviously, we were getting yeah. stickers and clothes. And, yeah. you know, like... Lars like, here's a stick of gum. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. HSS. What does that mean? Give but, me a lobster, dude. But, it, you know, that, you know, those are the cool experiences. We didn't end up scoring, like, the swell kind of turn. We didn't end up getting, like, you know, the trip we were supposed to. But the experience and being in a place like yeah. that. And, yeah. And, like, it's insane. The, the, you know, this is cool. But... So, uh... Rural. Young... Young pro surfers getting shots in the mag. Um, were you were you getting paid by anybody? I was getting product. Um, no, I wasn't getting paid. At, only when I got here. Uh, let me think. Did I get a salary? No, I didn't. Uh, I think uh, MCD. I got a like a mellow one. Hi. Um, nothing crazy. I remember pitching to travel at the time like hey i want to go here i want to go there all these places and it was you know i think i was asking for a few thousand bucks to travel but at the time i was um you know i had a few sponsors and that help out with contests and events but it wasn't like i was getting paid a salary it was more paying for my contest fee yeah. paying for a room paying for a rental that kind of thing um and then I was also the PSWA at the time had a hundred buck heat win yes. vibe, and I I lived on that like you know easily for a couple of years. Yeah. So your first trip out of the country was yeah. to Huntington Beach. Yeah, I landed in LA. Um, how, at, how old were you? Like nineteen. Okay. And then Nock, Mark Nakashima picked me up from the airport. And what was your connection just through ships? Um, through Noel, my bro Noel okay. had been here before, and he's he through Chuck Dent. And so Nark picked me up from the airport and then drove me straight to Huntington. And we went to this house in, in downtown and, and I went there and I looked on the patio. It was a Tuesday night and there were these freaking like size, I don't know what size he is, but I'm going to say 17 shoes on the patio, on the porch. I'm like, holy shoes? shit. Yeah. I'm like, where am I? Big Tony opens the door. No way. I'm like, holy shit, it's the biggest dude I've seen in my life, you know? <laughs> Tony awesome. Alvarez. Yeah, Tony Alvarez. Big T. Big Tony, um, Rick Sanford, and um, Tom Chaney lived in this house. And that, that's, there's the knee rider connection the right there. Yeah. And so I stayed there for a little bit. And that first, that's so when I landed, and it sounds weird, but in South Africa, we have Africans, we have indian community like um india indians but there's no there's no hispanic community and no asian community at all so the, the as i get off the plane i see knock i'm like holy crap it's a japanese dude you know yeah. it's kind of funny you know and then get there and the first night t tuesday night tony's like it's taco tuesday i'm like what is that <laughs> and he and i'm like holy smokes and he made tacos that night and so i've known tone from day one as well you know yeah so and, rad. Uh, what a great group of humans that like yeah. popped yeah. into right there, OG. Yeah. So um, yeah, that Wait, was, what was Dr. Shima's uh, Chuck time? Dent. He Chuck, Dent. Chuck Dent. Yeah. Okay. What? Um, so what did you travel with, like boardwise, or you know? I'd shape myself. I had a, a Spider Murphy that I loved. I shaped myself a step up kind of thing, a sixth four, and I had a little fish that I shaped myself as well. I had three boards. I had a backpack. And I had 600 bucks, maybe 700 bucks. And that was it. Because, you know, 
the money exchange rate and everything Ooh, is you know, brutal, brutal yeah. for you guys. It's yeah. great for Americans going there, but yeah. you know, part of early traveling and living on budgets is like if you yeah. could bring a handful of boards, especially yeah. you know from South yeah, Africa, I, you could build a board there for a quarter of the price yeah. of what it was in America. And I didn't expect. I thought I was just coming here. Like I say, I wanted to surf these events, and I like. My visa was for a year, and I was going to go back. Yeah. Which events again? The Caton? No, no. I wanted to surf the Pipe Masters. You wanted to surf the Pipe Masters? Yep. And I wanted to do the OP Pro. Those are, I'm like, I want to do that, as well as the PSAA. So what time of year did you come out here? February 3rd. So I missed Pipe Masters that year. I surfed the OP Pro that year. How'd you do? I, I think I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got i made some heats i i made the main of the way it worked then there was pre-trials then the trials and then the main event and i i made it to the main event i think i lost in the first round of the main event which i was like damn i already served like nine heats i was pretty stoked and um it was big and i think todd holland won it that year mm. and he is up against marty thomas now that mm. i'm thinking so anyway, and then Hawaii, I surfed the following year. I, first I, time? First, I, I went to Hawaii for the first time, Pipe Masters. I look at the roster and I had my first heat was, um, was Dane Aloha. Now, granted, it was past his prime. You know, he was just in there. Lopez and a dude by the name of Aaron Graberic. Aaron Graberic. Yeah. So anyway, and me, four-man heat, and I got through that heat. I think Aaron and myself got through that heat, and I was like, I had to serve pipe, and I had Dane and, and, and Lopez, but it was, it was shitty for sure. You know, they just ran, and it wasn't like now when there's a waiting period. Yeah. And I also got through some heats there. I, I think I made it to the main event on that thing as well. And, um, but how gnarly is Hawaii when you first get there? Well, I got there... I got boards from HIC, so I spoke to the HIC dudes, and they said, hey, well, what do you want? I ordered six boards. I remember uh, 626670, 7276, and 80. And, um, and Pretty C- typical, every six inches, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah. And Sino Magalanes came and picked me up from the airport. Nice. And, and he's like, that's because Pierre used to ride Sinos. You know, I saw that back when I was in at safari and sino took me to his house on the west side like dude i'm the only howley in the whole joint i'm just like holy shit i'm gonna get murdered tonight for sure you know <laughs> and sino's like hey this is your house you can sleep you know met jason at the time and rocky his other son and so then sino took me around the whole time and like introduced me and hey this is my bro barry and took me around the north shore you know go and stand there with heavy dudes and i'm like oh shit that's perry dane that's you know johnny boy yeah yeah and i surfed i had johnny boy in a heat at the psaa and i john gomes who the hell is john gomes <laughs> and i was like oh, that's john gomes it's johnny boy <laughs> yeah so anyway Just, uh, um were, were yeah, you shaping in there too like in hawaii or not that time so um when, so when i was competing i wasn't shaping yeah and then um you know, so I just would hang out and, and I, so I stayed with, with Sino and for a couple of weeks and then he goes, okay, we've got to find a place for you, dude. And then I went and stayed um, up the hill at Pipe in this cool, like eight bucks a night or whatever. And then Todd Holland came down and he got a place from OP 
and him and Taylor Knox, I think Lisa, I'm not even sure to be honest with you, but anyway, we're staying in this place and Todd's like, hey, why don't you come stay with us? I'm like, shit, I'm, I'm in like in a room with like nine guys. Now I've got my own room down at on the beach at Pupakea. So I went and stayed there for two months. And so um, that was a whole different ball game as well. But that that year was competing and photos and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I did it's that. It's got to be such a trip for a young South African. And we're talking about apartheid. We're talking about cultural differences yeah. i mean it was mind-blowing I yeah mean, it was, and plus i was spoiled in south africa you just i lived at home i straight out of high school straight into the army like i didn't i never experienced i never did my own laundry i'd never cooked for myself i'd never chopped i'd never yeah nothing you were a kid i was a child well that and, and like you said labor was so inexpensive so that even the middle class was like they're yeah, you was, got you got a nanny your, your, or something. Yeah, like your that, middle you know? class was kind of like I guess America in the sixties, seventies, where you know you had a, a maid, you know, or you know, like you had yeah. a cleaner or or you, you just a cook sometimes. You know, like yeah. there was a very affluent like yeah, you could feeling afford- even though you weren't like rich, rich. You know, yeah. you had help. So yeah, so um, so it was a shocker when I got here for sure, and especially in Hawaii take, too. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, thank God for ramen and, uh, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> like when, when you first, cause you guys have an accent, right? Do we? <laughs> yes. Or do you? No, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you South Africans do. But, um, yeah. So you're like, start traveling and you, you come, you you come to an English speaking country and then you, you get into Hawaii and you're like, what the fuck are these guys speaking? And it's hey, because... bro, Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I got to know in subsequent years um, when I, I used to live downtown on 9th and Orange. And um, a bunch of the guys, Hawaiians, love Hodel and Poncho and Laka. Although Laka had a Huntington connection, Kahea Hart. All these dudes would stay at our house. We had an open, like, come on, don't even worry about it. So I would go and stay with them when I'd go to the North Shore. And I remember, so Love, who's affluent, he sounds like, he looks like he could, you know, be Huntington. But when he puts the pigeon on, yeah. dude, you can't understand, you yeah. know. But also, um, I remember when we moved, we when we bought a house, my wife and I, and we, we moved to Costa Mesa. And Love called me. He's like, hey, Barry, I'm coming into town. Can I stay? I'm like, yeah, for sure. You know, I'm up the hill in Costa Mesa. He's like, uh let me call you back and then i didn't speak to him for like five more years <laughs> took him that long he's like bullshit i'm not gonna stay up the hill either. yeah i'm staying by the beach bro yeah, yeah. what where you at no you're out of the zone yeah <laughs> so funny so wh- your first year your visa you, d- you did california so, you did hawaii yeah california hawaii i surfed this i surfed the steamer contest i, I remember i got a channel islands custom made you know l made me some boards i got you know hand shaped at the time got to chat to him about that anyway he made this board and you mesmerized by the ci logo i'm like hypnotized and i'm same thing as my damn alita wetsuit i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna take the world with the yeah. ci you know yeah. the magic board before you even yeah. got on it magic tom kern writes these things yeah <laughs> channel bottom six one i remember the thing and and tom kern was doing those arcs at steamer lane i'm yeah. like i'm gonna i'm gonna do it you know yeah and i surfed it in huntington i'm like dude i'm i'm off you know i don't know what's wrong with me i can't really surf like shit this board's gonna click you know i rode it 
just it hadn't clicked yet, but it was me. It couldn't be the board. Yeah. You know, it's got the CI logo on. Yeah. I went to Steamers pre-surf. I stayed. I went with Kirk Tice at, at the time. Him and I drove up there, and um, and I surfed this thing, and I couldn't. I'm like, something's wrong with me. Same thing. Like, I, I rode this thing. I rode in my heat. Like, the next wave's going to click, and I'm going to win this freaking contest. I know it on this board, you know? Yeah. Just the next wave never clicked, and the board was a dud for me. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't even think that it was the board. Like, I, I knew it was me. Yeah. And I got I on mean, another board and I could surf again. But the second I saw that hex, I was just like mesmerized by that damn thing, you know? <laughs> Dude, so, sometimes, yeah. I mean, you, if you believe it, yeah. usually it works. Yeah, this time, yeah. this time didn't. And channel bottom, I wanted it so badly to work, you know? Had you ridden the channel bottom before? Yeah, I had. Yeah, okay. But yeah, so um, so yeah, so that was that was my mission, staying. Um, so you're just traveling, prize money, and yeah. like a little bit of sponsor money. Yeah, and I wasn't even working at this point. And so then, you're able to. And my girlfriend, who is my wife now, Carrie, she you, you've been together since since South Africa. South Africa. Since wow. I was like, yeah, she was. She came here when she was 18. I was 19. Oof, that's a long... If my 18-year-old said, hey, I'm going to move to America with my boyfriend, I'd chuck her in a dungeon and say, you're not leaving the house again. Yeah. 18 is so old, but then so young. Yeah. yeah. So The older we get, the younger that yes, becomes. Yes, it, it does. <laughs> so I, I was trying for a sportsman's visa at the time to stay longer. At this point, I'm like, I dig this place, you know? And uh, there was also... Home base a, was Huntington, too, Yeah, right? Huntington. Ninth and Orange. Ninth and Orange. Can't so, get any worse than that. Yeah, I <laughs> know. I was, I was a local you, man. You're, yeah, you're in the zone, and you've yeah. got all the the best connections already. Yeah, you know. So I, I entered the green card lottery where they allow you they they pull the name out of the hat and go, you've got your green card. And what? I remember I was working, or I was up at yeah, I was working at, at Chuck Dent, shaping, and the someone's like, hey the you know someone's on the phone for you and the phone was attached to the wall back in those days and i'm uh, it's called oh. a landline <laughs> yeah that's what it was called right and um and With so the Jerry Curl kind of yeah that's what it was <laughs> and and the guy my attorney's like hey barry you're sitting down and i'm like and i remember the factory is dirty as hell i didn't care i sat down right by the toilet on the bath on the floor and he goes you've got your green card in the lottery i'm like bullshit what so I go, that was the cheapest route, instant. So I go, hey, what about my girlfriend? So he goes, well, how serious are you? And I go, oh, serious? He goes, well, if you want, you need to get married. I'm like, bullshit. And I go, when? He goes, by Thursday. What? I go, bullshit. So I come home. I go, I how, go. How long were you in California for? It's been a year now. And okay. you've been dating for a few years? A We've years? been like three years now. Okay. So I get back home and I said to Carrie, I go, hey, babe, I... You got to go we, home. We, we, <laughs> yeah, we out. <laughs> it was good knowing you. Hey, yeah. Um, I got good news. We're going to have a bad news. contract here. Your yeah. services are going to be... Oh, uh, nah, just kidding, Carrie. So, so, yeah. So I said, hey, on Thursday, on Wednesday, let's cruise. We got to go sign some paperwork. But we're gonna get our green cards, you know. And she goes, "I go. This doesn't count. We're not getting married. This is. I want to do Just it right somewhere along yeah. the line. Let's get it." We went on Wednesday, got the paperwork to, to like the county, like yeah, to yeah. the to the Santa Ana, yeah. whatever. 
we got our paperwork and then we got married probably five years after that kind of thing for real, you know? Yeah. But, but yeah, so then that way we both were you, legal you to stay there. got married at 19, at, practically. No, no, I was at the time, I was 20... Yeah, he's been here. Two, oh, I think. Oh, yeah. To, uh, 21. Yeah. 21. And, and what, how was that called back? Oh, sorry. The... Yeah, it was my second year here because I was... My visa was going back and forth, you know, accept, deny, accept. You know, we were in in process of getting my yeah. visa. I think and, it was 21 or 22. And what was that call back to, like, your parents and her parents? We didn't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> so to this, well, I guess to this day, but we didn't say a word. We're like, hey, we, you know, we didn't say a word. And then, yeah. then I proposed whenever it was. We went to South Africa, got married in South Africa at her mom's house. And, you know, so that wasn't, a, I don't even know what date that was. You know, we celebrate when we actually got married, you know? Yeah. So there's a technicality. Did you yeah. decide uh, pretty quickly when you moved here that you were going to stay? Yeah. Yeah. Two things that kept me here, and one you'll tell for sure, Doritos. We didn't have Doritos in South Africa. <laughs> I shit you not. I'm like, I can't go back. I, what am I going to do about Doritos? And you can Could clearly see I've had my share of Doritos in my day. Dude, should have been rich. You like Cool Ranch too? Cool Ranch, bro. Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch. No way, OG. And then, um, and snowboarding. I was in, I was like, shit, this is the best thing in the world, you know? Right. So, yeah. So that Relatively was, close. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, that was my gig. I go, I'm good with that. So, and and life was and, easy. It was a well, killer, easy that and life. You, you, that, you already yeah. had a plug and play kind of setup. You're a shaper, yeah. you're in the Mecca, like yeah. you, you're, you got skills, you're, you could always have yeah, work. I think, was Carrie into living here too? Like, yeah, she was game as well. So she was, it was, I mean, it was, you, you're young, it was so easy, it was fun. Yeah. We could Huntington travel was, from here. Huntington was like a party town yeah. too. Oh, 4th of July, like yeah. you just hope you don't get shot in the face by a skyrocket kind of thing across the street. And you, you know, on 9th and Orange, they'd block all four of the intersection and you just shoot at that dude and it's just cross going yeah riots people running water, through the water house wars. yeah it was good I, I loved it i mean uh you know it's i love it now i'm still here yeah it's not what it was i've evolved you know i don't think i'd enjoy that kind of thing now but um yeah I, your I kids, kids your, would yeah dip your toe in it every once in a while yeah, yeah. every fourth of july yeah. yeah i just ride my bicycle on main street and like this is bullshit there's way too many dudes i'm gonna chuck a u-turn you know I, I would get hit up by so many people like that would come visit like I can't believe you live here this freaking chaos like you know this like the summer the proper yeah, yeah you know yeah. June July August yeah and I'm like it's just like this for like two and a half months and then yeah. like the rest of the time you could go park on Main Street like yeah. the other 300 you know days a year like yeah. no yeah. worries and even it, even in the heat of summer you could still surf by yourself down the beach yeah if you live oh, in your secret down spot the, yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we got a lot of coasts. Like, when I, in the summertime, yeah. you have to pull off PCH between, like, Golden West to, like, Beach. Yeah. Like, I always yeah. get off PCH. You just make sure you don't go, like, the keyhole. Like, people are lazy as hell, you know? Yeah. They park here, and they, if they don't have to walk across sand, keyhole, and paddle out right there. Whereas if you go to walk across sand, there's going to be a tenth of the crowd right there. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so we won't give away our secret spots. No. Yeah. No. 
So you guys get get married, you end up staying, like finding a place together, yeah, getting we, a full-time job or still chasing the surf? Um, at that point, I think, um, at that point I was shaping, because now the, the, the contest thing was done, I think by like 23 or 24, I'd sprayed my ankle fly fishing, of all things. And How then did you do that? I was jumping from one rock to the next mm. and I slipped and busted my ankle. And then, um, and how, then I, how did you, sorry to interrupt, how did you get into fishing? Is my bro Vaughn, who's a salty fly, fly fishing guide in Huntington, him and I, we were roommates with Kerry and he got into, his, his father-in-law got him a boat and we just, I've always fished as a kid and then I got into fly fishing and then I'd love, we would go camp in the mountains for two weeks or whatever and just eat, eat fish you catch and, you know, just go go wild you know and um Lyndon doesn't know that's like but i do yeah it's yeah, insane I, i've only so, watched it on tv on big grills <laughs> but yeah so i got into that and then shaping boards you know working at chuck dent making boards um my first yeah chuck dent was my no no george's i worked at george's hmm. And then I worked at Chuck Dent, and my first shaping gig was working for Dennis Jarvis at Spider. Nice. Yeah, and that's when he was the man. I can't say he's not the man now, but he was the man um, when Benji and Ross Conan and, and Greg. Greg Browning and yeah. Conan yeah. and yeah. Tom Curran. Yeah. And, yeah, so the list goes that's on. when I was Travis one of the, Molina. Travis Molina. Yeah. Frankie so, Oberholzer. Yeah. Right? Obel, yeah. Ob- Oberholzer. Oberholzer. Ob- if, Chris yeah. Davidson ride those two? No. I can't I don't remember. Think so. Maybe. I don't know. But he was yeah. on fire for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was on fire. He's an excellent businessman. He knows how to handle So you were his ghost shaper? Yeah. Nice. And so um so I was busy as hell and that's when well, I Where would you shape those? At his factory? In Gardena. Or? So every okay. day I'd drive to damn Gardena and then I'd come back here. And then And it's pretty decent money. Yeah. That, that, oh well you get paid per board and you do some numbers, but it's like ten bucks a shape or something at the time, you know. So it's not it's not the best money, but yeah, but volume you can make yeah. a living, you know. But it and, was more about, in that age, that time of your life, you're yeah, like I think my, if you're making a couple hundred bucks a day, you're killing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My rent was two hundred fifty bucks. My portion was two hundred fifty bucks a month, and Kerry paid two hundred fifty bucks, and Vaughn paid two hundred fifty bucks. You know, dude. Yeah. Living and life. you're living right there, blocks from the beach. Yeah. yeah, but you're, you know, at that time, like ninety percent of the boards were pretty much the same cut, the same outline, the same. Yeah. So we we at, you know? we were just, I'm not saying forefront, but I remember the the cuts were coming out and they were horrifying. Like they were gouged and weird and big old. They used a massive bit and it was like you had to fix the damn thing before you could shape the thing. Mm. Um, and then, um, then the cuts got progressively better and better and better, but I was go shaping at the time, you know, it started to slow down a little bit. So I picked up, I worked for John Carper. I worked for, um, Pat Rawson. Pat became a good friend through Paul Nordee as well. In fact, when my son was, when Max was born, I was shaping for Pat at Chuck Dent and it was late, so Pat went, he, he's like, hey, Barry, I'm going to go. He was staying at our house, and he went home. And at um, midnight, Kerry calls me up. She's like, hey, it's Friday. She worked She worked at Jack's at the time. She worked till 5 o'clock that day, went home. And at 12 o'clock that night, she calls me, hey, I'm going to have this baby right now. Get home. So I go, put Pat on the line. 
So Pat's like, hey, Barry, Kerry's is panicking. Just don't worry about it. Keep shaping my boards. <laughs> Kerry's fine. So I go, okay, cool. About 15 minutes later, babe, I'm freaking, ha- this is bullshit. Come home right now. I go, put Pat on the line. <laughs> put Pat on the line. Barry, she's fine. Don't worry. Keep, just finish those boards. She's fine. Third call about 10 minutes later. I'm going to the hospital without you. I go, okay, shit, I'm coming. I went, I had foam dust on me. We freaking got her in the car. Fr- no, no he's this back time here. I'm okay. yeah. chucked in. Okay. I get her in the car, I drive in, you know, drive to Hogue, all foam, like bust and just foam dust all over the place. We walk in and it's like, whoa, blah, bow, here we go, Max. I mean, it was no like, way. like, Pat, you bastard, you lied to me, dude. <laughs> Almost missed your kid. So, any, no, he, I always have a laugh. I tell Pat every time, I'm like, hey, dude, remember that? He's like, I feel so bad. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so I got to, you know, to do all this ghost shaping with these dudes. It's incredible, yeah. yeah. Like, that's a, with those epic list of yeah i mean shapers. prolific shapers yeah. at the, of the time the last of history the last sure. one that i that i had was biolas i worked for them for a couple of years and i remember matt at the time he's a he's a hard ass dude but a amazing craftsman yeah. of course and particular like for the number of boards he does he will check every single one of them and make sure it's done to the standard. He won't just go, oh, that's good enough. He would make you take them back and redo them. Yeah. But I remember him telling me at the time, hey, you should, he goes, you got a job here, no worries, I'll give you 50 a week all day long if you want them. He goes, but you know, you have the vibe or the knack or whatever to do your own thing. Do your own thing. He goes, you know, because I was telling him at the time, I'm like, hey, I've got three orders of my own. Can I take a few less? And that three went to five, 10, 15, and it built. And then eventually I'm like, hey, Matt, I can't cope. He goes, dude, fly. You've got your own thing going. That's what you want to do, you know? Yeah. And that's how it's crazy. He recognized it, but also saw the talent, you know, it's not like, yeah. And I, you know, I was, I was an eager learner. I was, you know, I was loving what I, I love what I do, not was. I still love what I do, you know? Yeah. It's so. kind of a, a neat little training, you know, from, from those, because all those shapers, they're all different. Like, they I are, remember, you know, because yeah. we sold them. We sold JCs. Yeah. We sold spiders. Each, we, I think we had Rossins too. I think you did at one point for sure. Yeah, yeah. Each guy will focus on something different. And, and be very particular about it. And you're like, well, that dude was particular about foil. And this guy's particular about fin placement. And this guy's particular about presentation and finish. And so I could take everything. And that's what happens when you yeah. shape. You're just getting a little bit of every single guy. And then that goes into your product. Not saying you have the best product in the world. But what I'm saying is, is that you get to you get to enhance your product by by, you know, putting all these things you've learned from all these guys. Yeah. And even after the fact, I'd call Pat, especially when I'd shape guns. I'm like, hey, Pat, I'm doing a board for this dude. And where can I put the fins? And he would laugh. He's like, okay. He And I, all I wanted was a number. Give me a number. Four and 12 and a quarter. No, he didn't give me a number. He's like, okay, how big is the dude? Where's he going to surf? How, you know, all these questions. And he goes, where do you think they should go? I'm like, shit, dude, I just wanted a number, bro. <laughs> and then he, and, then, and I go, how about this and this? He goes, perfect. Okay. So same thing. He wouldn't just give me, he would yeah. teach me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which is epic. Which yeah. is insane. Yeah. And that, you know, teach a man. He doesn't know anything about surfboards, but the yeah, fin placement, 
is equally as important. Yeah, so you don't know anything, but yeah. yeah. Excuse me, yeah. fin placement. If yeah. you put the dead fin in, the ball doesn't go. It's got to go. <laughs> but no, like, hey, sticker placement. Sticker placement. Yeah, I tried that. Important. That thing sticker placement. mesmerized me. Yeah. I love Remember the Wilbur Kookmeyer uh, cartoon? Commercial? Yeah. Or not yeah. commercial, ca- cartoon. Yeah. And, and uh, he gets a brand new board and he's like, you know, he, he on the on the order sheet, he had all the specs and yeah. all that. But sticker placement, right? Yeah. And he goes, he, well, he gets the board, goes, there. rides it, comes back. And he's like, how'd it go? And he's like, sticker placement's all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that, I mean, so I have good. it, you know, you make a board and you, as soon as the client walks through the door, you see the face like either stoke out of their mind or like, I might, yeah. that's the wrong color blue, right? Uh, if the, if the second he does one of those, that board you may as well chuck in the trash yeah. right now. It's not going to work, you know? It sucks that we're like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it sucks, but it also pushes the evolution yeah. of standards and, yeah. and progression. And, yeah. and keeps you on your toes, you know? Yeah. You know, if everybody's complacent and just kind of like, whatever, well, it'd be boring. And, and like, just when you talk make about... life in easy. No. When you talk about different shapers, because they all... You know, you're, you're shaping a board, but there's so much different characteristics no matter what yeah yeah you they, know they are you know and that's why that support your local shaper it's not it doesn't mean come to me it means the local dude knows the environment mm-hmm. the conditions yeah. plus it, you know by you going to your local dude he's taking the money that you've given him and he's going to the shack and he's buying char there mm-hmm. and the turners are benefiting and the waitress and wait you know i mean it keeps yeah. it local but the knowledge that that guy has of the local vibe and the, you know, return, the guy comes back. Hey, I, oh, last time, I know you like your rails a bit more foiled through the tail. And yeah. you get you get the, you get to know what that person wants. And there's so many particulars involved, not just the right shade of blue. I mean, there's a million other avenues and aspects yeah. that you got to take into consideration to make it work, you know? Yeah. yeah, we would try to, you know, I talked about this before with other you know, podcasts and, and shapers, I would pick up boards from the local shaper, even though I'm sponsored mm-hmm. from, you know, whoever, and I'm going halfway around the world. Yeah, I want to try a couple boards from the guy that's yeah. like there. You yeah. know, Peter Daniels was my go-to guy. He was the other guy I didn't mention. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, one, it's cost-effective because yeah. you know, you're not traveling with boards. They're already there. So if your boards get damaged and yeah. we're traveling with fixed fins back in the yeah. day. Yeah. And two, it's like, they're a lot less expensive there because of the yeah. money exchange. So it was like really cheap. And I'm picking up some like, hopefully some gems and, you know, it, and it the, all worked out. The cool know? thing is, is when, when you bring that board back home, assuming you do, yeah. you're, you know, in my mind, if you're an open-minded shaper and some people are not, they take offense. But if you bring me a board that somebody else shaped and you go, hey, this thing's magical. Yeah. Let me check that out. Yeah, I mean, sure. What is it? You know, I'll look at, you know, it could just be magic or maybe, holy smokes, these fins are way different to what I was expecting. And yeah. then you could learn from that, you know? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, again, like you mentioned with, with, with Pat, like where, how big is the dude? Where is he surfing? What yeah. type of wave? And like all that's like factored in. Like yeah. the board you're going to want to ride at a J-Bay is different from Durban. Yeah. Way different. You know, not yeah. way different, but yeah. I, uh, when I, when I, mark fins for instance you know before i'd have a template that i'd mark exactly like you could close your eyes as long as it lined up click click and it's there 
but n- n- over time you i swear to you my fins if you saw how fine a difference is from one dot to the other but there's a gut feel like oh i want to loosen this up a little bit and i just just tweak it like to the just to this yeah. side of the dot like i don't think it i don't know if it would make a difference or not but yeah every single board is customized just just for that dude you know yeah. and it might be you might be off the mark but deep down you're like i want to make this one just right for this dude you yeah know? i i you know i worked with a bunch of shapers i i never worked closely with violas but i've been around him and you know, yeah i've seen him and where his boards obviously he's one you know one of the top guys yeah he was very particular about fins you know oh, man he, and like yeah. you know where they sit and, and based on different shapers like yeah like uh like um cory lopez he liked his his fins really tilted out and i don't you know i don't know who else did i just remember looking you know you're always yeah. checking all the guys oh let me check out your board and yeah. stuff and you, you could see no subtleties a lot of times in yeah. some fins but by all this i felt like i could see a lot more you know yeah per, you know progressive pronounced. pronounced like you know fin placements over some of the other boards. yeah and it, and it maybe it could have been you know fcs versus futures and you know as things went yeah. on and, yeah. and where you know which is it's crazy because different. the like shaping right the 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 act of shaping your tools haven't really changed much right no i'd say the biggest tool that's changed is is the the introduction of a cnc machine mm-hmm. um it's funny how reliant you become upon that you know and over the last few years because it takes like an hour out of the process no, it, right it doesn't in my it doesn't um when i would handshape i don't know why the number is what it was but 38 minutes was a very consistent number to handshape a regular shortboard 38 mm. minutes from from the, a blank from a blank yeah. 38 minutes 38 okay now I don't know what I was eating back then or whatever, but now it's like it takes me about an hour now. But anyway, if an you, hour to shape a board from, from start, scratch, yeah, from a blank, yeah, okay. So if you do a CNC shape, it takes me about twenty-five to thirty minutes to do a CNC. I don't know if I take longer on the thing or what, but so really, you know, you've got about a half an hour that you're shaving off. The thing that I love about the CNC part is the the reliability to go back to square one of that shape. So if a guy comes in and likes the board, I'll just look up that file and I go, hey, here's the file. We can just reprint this file. It's still going to be a different board, but it'll be part of the same family. Mm-hmm. Whereas Eric Ching just got a board. He just told me I made a board for Rudy's dad, Rudy Sr. And he got it he didn't like it he's like something i don't like the way it goes so eric came into my shop it caught his eye and he bought it and he wrote it and he said he loves the thing he left it down at, at hq for the lifeguards they would all surf it he says it's a six eight and he goes a lot of people loved the thing it was surprisingly fun for a board that size anyway eric's like hey you got to remake this thing let's look at this at the the numbers I looked and if I handshaped the thing, I put SK100. I'm like, shit, I handshaped this thing. Now I've got to remember what blank I used, what, you know, what did I use? So it's a crazy. Yeah, so it goes from like your hand notes and, and mental like yes. kind of caption to pulling up like a digital a file. file that yeah. has everything. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, oh. and it just happened again a week ago. A guy is like, 
the sports magic. I love it. And he goes, what file did you use? And I look, I'm like, God damn, SK100. I've got to handshake that thing now. I'm like, take photos. He's in Mexico. Take a parallel photo so I can remember what templates I used. I've got 50 templates in my room. You can remember what template you used on a board? Yeah, I can. Don't make this shit up, dude. Don't laugh at me. I don't remember if I wiped, but I remember the template I used. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, because the machines, it, it's so crazy because the half hour is, yeah. is a long time to shave off. It, yeah. In but a, it, it's crazy, like, it, it makes the rocker in the board, right? Oh, it's basically, it's almost writable at that point. You yeah. Know? All you're doing is removing the router bits from the, from the blade of the CNC. Yeah. Um, you know, but you also fine-tuning rails, fine-tuning outline, concave. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it just... And I, but I, I will even when it comes off the machine, I have templates that I put on to see because a lot of times you assume that the machine guy is giving you what you're asking for, but if that doesn't fit and the guy just tweaks on a little bit or whatever, you get the board back thinking, oh, that's what I ordered, and you measure the rocky, like, whoa, it's off, you know. Yeah. So it's easy to manipulate and no one's going to tell you they did because like, oh yeah, I changed your your file or whatever. They're not going to say it, but mm-hmm. I've got my rocker that I put on straight away and realize, oh man, this is off, you know, and then I've got to shape it into there. So I just view it as a close tolerance shape where I don't mind pulling out my planer and making an adjustment. Some you've got to abandon and go, hey, this one's not going to work for this dude. You know, I'm going to have to make him another one and that'll become one of my you know stalkers or whatever the case is you know yeah but other than the cnc machine all the tools i mean you know my planer is i don't know it's it's got to be 60 years old you know it's an (laughs) old beat it sounds like crazy i just put a new drum in the thing that i got and my sure form that i have i've had since i started in south africa wow so that thing you know I've got sanding pads that are, you know, your hand. At first, you pinch your little spot for your hand, but then eventually your hand wears all the way through anyway. all Everything I have is, you know, it's pretty archaic tools for the most part. Yeah. It's mainly eye, yeah. you know, translation, you know. Yeah. You have, like, rail templates. Yeah, you and, got your rail you templates. Know, you got your rail, you know, your rocket templates. Your, you know, so, you, you know, it's all just double-checking and, you know, the more you check, the more opportunity you have to assure that you're giving the client what they've asked yeah. for and what you intended to make for them. So when did you bust out on your own label? I remember uh, you're saying it's been a while. Matt, I'd say Miles was like, kind of suggesting it. Yeah, I'd say in the late nineties or something like that. I'd probably say or mid nineties. That's a good question. But um, yeah, I'd say let's say ninety five ish or so. And then um, I worked at Chuck Dent, you know, I rented a room from him for a while. And then I got the place where I am on Hamilton and Newland. And I've been there for 23 years. That's so crazy. Like, why didn't I buy a build? Why didn't you sell me a building, dude? Yeah. Good. Like, you know, shit. Now you you can't even find a building. But anyway, so I've been in that same spot for that long, you know. Um, Myself and Sean Jensen got that place. In fact, the the name on the thing is Barry and Sean's, as ghetto as it can be. The, the, my original um, permit or whatever lease on the wall, Barry and Sean's, you know? That's so funny. Yeah. Um, 
did you like get like a business license and yeah, I did all you that? got you got to do all yeah. that stuff. You know, you got your business license. Since you're throwing resin, you got to get all the fire permits you use and all that kind of stuff. And um, you've got to you know you build it out the way you want it to. And I mean, I think now my landlord things have changed in there. Although when you get in there, the guys you know they quiet and then two weeks later they're building it out kind of thing. But you know, I've been there for that long. I think I've seen six or eight changes of ownership and all that kind of stuff, you know? So crazy. Yeah. So where else have you traveled to since, you know? Surf trips, I I mean, uh, surf trips would be mainland Mexico. I love going to Mex. Um, I love warm water. Anytime there's warm water, I'd, I'd be into that. Um, but Same a lot here. of you ever yeah. make it to Indo like you? you yes, yep, yep. I've been to Indo a few times. Boat trip went with Aaron. Aaron Pye took me and my boys on a on a on the Indies, and um, almost missed it. He invited us. Called me at six in the morning once. I'm still fast asleep, and he's like, "Hey Barry," I go, "Hey AP, what's up?" He says, "Would you like to go to Indo with us on this and this date?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> so he goes. So I'm, I'm like, man, my groms are going to lose it. And then he goes, uh, do you want your kids to go? I'm like, well, I don't mean to impose, but are you inviting or not? So he said, yeah, bring the boys. So I... Because they're close to age, your kids? Um, Max and Jack. Uh, Jack is 19. Max is 22. And at the time, they were probably... 13 or 14 and 16 or 17 kind of range so i look at my passport and you know how you need six months in your passport my passport's like expiring within that time Mm. so i send out for a new passport and it's and it's a south african passport that i have so i'm waiting and aaron's like getting anxious and i go hey ap please just just hold on you know and one morning i get a text from aaron he's like hey barry Sorry, it didn't work out. Um, you know, we'll try again. I'm like, I'm gutted. I was sick. I wanted to puke. I was sick. And I looked at my kids like, I just hosed you guys on the trip of a lifetime. That day, the mail arrives with my passport. I, AP, I'm in, I'm in, you know. So he goes, right on, we're leaving, you know. And we jumped on the plane. And so, so, and then, so I've been on, you know, I've all my surf trips and then yeah. other cool trips that I've been on, on fly fishing, like um, Christmas Island, which is um, Kiramati, which is, you fly to Oahu and then goes three hours south to the equator, took boards with us and they don't have, <laughs> um, bless you. Thank you. They don't have normal boats and it's not a normal surf trip. It was a fly fishing destination and got my boards and the surf was cracking. I mean, this place was like blowing my mind so we got on these big old boats and you go out of this harbor and we going on the swell trying to get out and we got pushed back we couldn't even make it out oh my god we didn't i didn't even surf the place i could see yeah damn it and what was the trip plan there like to go to go fly fishing for bonefish and giant trevally and you know it's it's a fly fishing destination um crazy yeah so a lot of my my destinations now I try to be ambiguous and I want to fly fish and I want to surf, you know, so I try and get a bit of both in. So rad. Yeah. So my bucket list is getting a little bit smaller. You know, the older you get, the more you realize, shit, I better cross some of this crap off the bucket list because it's not going to happen at this pace, you know? Yeah. 
Um, have you been to Tavi too? Yeah. Yeah. With with the pies? Yes, we went to Tavi with the pies. And I've been with a good bro of mine, Jeff Sewell, who's who's been a number of times. My best one is he calls me one day, Thursday morning. Hey, Barry, what are you doing today? I go, I don't know. What's up? He goes, you want to go to Tavi today? I go, bullshit. He goes, seriously. Um, Steve Wheat was meant to go on that trip, but he couldn't make it. So he goes, you want to go instead? And I'm like, yeah. So my wife, I look at my wife. She's like, get your passport. Yeah, it's good. She goes, if you don't go, I'm pissed off, you know? Yeah. And I was like, uh, I go, I don't have any Carried money. the deal. Yeah. So I go to the bank and I get 200 bucks. 200 bucks. He's Jeff's like, I got everything. I meet him at the air, I meet him at the Starbucks. He jump in the car, go to his Tavi. I'm not much of a drinker, although I'm going to start... I'll start tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe some shoots. And shit. Yeah. I'll get shitty tonight. <laughs> no. Anyway, so um, we get to uh, we get there. My bar bill was thirty eight bucks. I bought my wife a, um, a, a what's his name a Tahi- a Fijian pearl, and I came home with change and I freaking scored. You know. So I've had like three trips where Jeff had it planned. And someone fell out of the trip or whatever last minute or something happened. And he's like, dude, do you want to go? Hell yeah, I want to go. So Those are good friends to have. Yeah. Yeah. And have an awesome wife that just says, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah she's like, you're a dumbass. If you don't go, go. You know, you better, you, if you don't go, I'm pissed off. I, you. I had that opportunity. It was right before the pandemic in October of 19. And, but he's like, had to pull out. He's like, hey, like. I can't go. Yeah. You know, like you just got to buy a t- plane ticket yeah. and you can take my spot. Yeah. You, uh, my wife, uh, you know, she's like, you got to go. Where'd you yeah. go? Uh, Endo? Tabby. Or Tabby. We, we stayed on Nemo too, but yeah, we yeah. surfed, you know, top break every day. Yeah. We, the first few times I went, you got the boat, you know, I mean, it's only you guys out. Maybe yeah. The last few times I've, or a couple times, it sounds like I've been in bunch. I've probably been four, maybe five times you you had to share the place you know yeah. which is ah oh, it's a little bit it's a little bit brutal yeah when first time had, i went was a long time ago yeah it was uh yeah just whoever's on the island yeah and it was like that for a long time yeah like oh the place holds you know 48 surfers or whatever you know based on the beds and numbers yeah you know you want to go on a trip where it's like all wives and kids and yeah. family because yeah. that means it cuts and down that's what that's the trips i'd be is on a couple's <laughs> trip and and the couple would be jeff and i you know yeah. and they look at us like this is bullshit i had to pay for my wife to come here and then you two dudes roll up <laughs> well we so, went and uh our daughter lily was like two and they made us pay like yeah it's like 75 percent of what an adult yeah. was it was like not even a discount we're yeah. like she's not eating anything she's still having like formula and baby food like yeah she they, wasn't even two and you're making her pay like how much like she's not doing anything yeah yeah it was freaking buzzkill for a kid yeah. you know one thing if they're a little older and yeah you know taking advantage of everything have you surfed any of the wave pools waco Nice. And the same, my bro Jeff, you know, he... he <laughs> I got to get to know this guy. Yeah, yeah. Jeff. Who's he's Jeff? He's my bro. So he calls me up. He's like, he's hey... He's your own sugar daddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, me and Lennon over here. <laughs> so, you, yeah, you got to get him on the next podcast. Um, he calls me up. He's like, hey, why don't you cruise? You know, I've, we've got this pool. And I go, ah, I don't want it. I'm not interested. So he calls again. Like, bro, you should go. I go, seriously, Jeff, it's not my... I'm not into it, you know? And then he goes, talk to your kids, see what they say. And the boys are like, dang, let's go. Yeah. And I went, 
under duress and it was freaking fun as hell fun as hell yeah i had 54th so much... street 56 street on yeah. the best day of the year yeah and i freaking <laughs> had really a blast and fun no day. you know it was just the crew of us that were there and you know it was so he, uh, he like i you guys had it rented for the day. Yeah, like, he booked it out for a couple of days. You know, like a bunch of people chipped in and booked it out for yeah, a couple of days. Yeah, and that's the way to do it. Yeah. We're doing that for Country Club Surf Club in May. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend it. I haven't done... <laughs> there, better be a, there better be a spot for a freaking yeah. late night over here. I'm going to be flexing. <laughs> Nicole Dilla and Nichols and oh, Russ geez. and all of Sorry, dude. Flexing. Friends and family only. <laughs> <laughs> No co-workers. I'm just, this place. <laughs> I'm just showing up. And then, yeah, I haven't done Slater's Pool, which that that is the premier one for yeah. sure. You know, but we we've actually gotten to go a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our buddy's there right now. I know. Yeah. So if you ever, yeah, Kelly sorts it. Kelly, thanks for the invite. Sorry, I couldn't make it this yeah. week. Um, I'm definitely coming back. <laughs> but he rents it out like a couple times a year. Yeah, yeah, and sells spots just like Tabby. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's weird keeps because the, we have... Keeps the, he has the number, the right number, yeah. so everybody's happy and catching yeah. enough waves. And There's a fine, that's, you know, that's the thing. We went to Waco. There was more, a lot of groms, and they sent it. You know, they become players in the lineup. You're like, damn, dude, I thought you were 12, you know, but they, they scrap just as hard as you're going to. Yeah. Um, but, hey, just even paddling out and seeing your kid just getting barreled from the top to the bottom or whatever yeah. is fun as hell you know so and, fun uh carrie worked at jack's for a long time yeah right? she worked there for i think 15 years and then she which is one of the few people then she worked at hss for a number of years as yeah. well so not, not too many people work both sides of the street yeah. you know and She's um switzerland yeah exactly <laughs> and then she went as, a, as an adult uh I went to school and got a degree and now she's um interior design working for a for a rad company in in um corona del mar nice riley clausen designs and um and oh riley clausen yeah 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 she's bad ryan carl's ryan yeah ryan clausen's, clausen's wife, wife. Yeah. yeah she used to be a rep yes roxy she, right exactly yeah. the og roxy rep and so that's who carrie works for and so she loves it i mean she's you know, involved in crazy projects like I don't even understand that kind of money. You know, the the clients are you know building beautiful homes. You yeah, know? yeah. You say Corona del Mar. That, that's a lot of zeros yeah. behind that. Yeah, yeah. The Shaping Bay in Corona del Mar couldn't even afford the damn rent space. You know, and your sister. Yeah, so Lee's been at HSS for twenty eight years. I so think. So crazy. Jeez. Yeah. So, and my boys like HSS, when my kids were young, that was their first job. I mean, they got hired at like almost illegal age. You know, the second you could get hired, yeah. your principal signs off and the teacher signs off and the, you know, and they 15 were and 15, half. I think. Yeah. yeah. So both of my boys worked there, first jobs. They're both lifeguards now, but um, it was amazing. I mean, it's been, you know, this is home. You know, yeah. people often go, when are you going home? I go, well, at like five o'clock. And they go, no, like, I mean, this is home now. You yeah. Know? This South Africa, it's where I was born and all that. But, you know, it's now it's my, it's about my kids and where they were born. And yeah. this is my adopted and home for sure. How often do you guys go back to South Africa? I've been once. When we got married, that was the only time. So I've, you know, I've only been, Carrie and I have been married for 20 
it feels like like eight years have been such a smooth ride but no we've been like 27 years i think wow and we went and got we went there that one time to get married i haven't been back since she's been back a few times her, yeah. her um, dad still lives there and how did your how did lee come over did you vouch she she, did she came over traveling same thing um but to stay like oh what? she got um she did how did she do it uh, that's a good question I don't even know. At the time, things changed after apartheid changed and all that kind of stuff. It was different, you know. Yeah. Like they were, you know, they weren't terribly excited about white South Africans, you know, with apartheid as you could imagine, you know. So when when it opened up and everything was cool, then they like, hey, you cool, we cool, you know. Yeah. So I think she got it a different, Pretty yeah, different streamline yeah, of yeah, different process, different chain. Yeah. With me, it was like, bro, you got to do some crazy backflips to make it work you know yeah wow so crazy yeah so vandermeulen surfboards yeah barry v surfboards barry v surfboards no one easier. could choke on, yeah barry barry v. Better, yeah, yeah. <laughs> established <laughs> 23 years ago no. I would say longer than that yeah. I'd, but, but in the same building but yeah yeah longer than that probably 25 to 23 Eight years ago, something like that. Yeah. It's still going strong. Still going strong. Um, and mostly, I mean, you don't advertise anymore. I don't advertise. And it's not that I don't want the business. It's just, you know, I think that game is a whole different game that I'm not really comfortable with or familiar with or whatever. Team writers and this and that. I mean, I do some, my social media is my my life kind of thing i have family pictures i have board pictures i have fishing pictures i have yeah. snake pictures tarantula pictures you Snowboard, know or whatever yeah um and you know word of mouth repeat customers um i could definitely be busier i could definitely be quieter i mean it, it's a nice pace at the moment for sure and um yeah, it's you know. It's Are you still running. working with the Edison team, or? Yeah, I still, I still, you know, Coach Forge will call every so often, and you know, send someone my way. Same with Sowers, Ravi Sahoni. I mean, it's where my kids went, you know. So I'm still bros with those guys, and yeah. um, you know, it all adds up. You know, I don't have one big slice. You know, I mean, I've got a little bit through the lifeguards, a little bit through the Edison, through Sowers, through Repeat, and all that, and it keeps going you know maybe yeah. one day when i grow up i'll do something a bit more uh, <laughs> you know constructive and website and all that kind of crap but well just to run a business especially surfboards in this area yeah there's a lot of surfboards but it's like there's a lot of it's condensed there's a lot of shape or a lot of yeah. competition so to carve out your niche yeah the way you want to do it without forcing it's, it's you know a, it's a challenge for sure and i find i find with making boards it's like this toilet bowl kind of thing and you're going to make a board for the dude and you're going to piss him off and then he'll get one from you and then damn his prices went up then he comes back to you yeah took too long and it's just going to swirl and you'll see the guy and then you see him on something else and he went downtown and then he got one from me and and, yeah you know if i get hey they roll to me every you know i mean some clients i've had for years that the dude that called me out chris kapchinski that said, hey, when are you going to put Barry on? I had to jump in and go, hey, whoa. Oh, shout out to Chris. 
What? Kapchinski. Kapchinski? Yeah. <laughs> Chris K, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. So he he's the one like, hey, get this bastard on your show. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. They've been hustling me for years. Yeah. I thought they were just drunk. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes. But, um, you know, it, it's, you know, we talk about the evolution of like where surfing is and like the board design era. And right now it's like a melting pot of of boards like, yeah anything I mean, goes 20 years ago you're popping out six o's to six threes yeah. or five you know whatever and just high performance yeah high 18 performance and a half and two and a quarter 18 and a half two and a quarter and, and two and an eight yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah now and, you know and and you know you have such a versatile like lineup you get a long board you got twin fins you yeah got mid length you got like uh fishes and yeah the versatility has to be there and yeah. i'm and some guys are particular and they want to only do this i love the my add if I have it, I'd self-diagnosed, but I, I can't, if you said, hey, do six O's all day long or do five, 10 fishes all day long, I'm going to lose my mind. But if you go, hey, do a few five, 10 fishes and then do an 11-3 glider. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Now I get to a Grom shortboard. Okay. Cool. You know, well, you go from more create that, that removes you from production yes. mindset to yes. like a creative mindset. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh yeah, now I got to think about that again. And what, yeah. you know, make and, you on your toes. Are you selling distributing to other shops no and on and at one point i mean i had boards in hss and jacks and but anyway um what happened in my brain with um imported surfboards is they would you know let's say firewire that's imported they would roll up not that i know their business plan but i think what i understand they'd roll up to hss and say hss and go hey here are 60 surfboards you know and here are the terms if i do 60 surfboards it's going to take me six months to do them and i need to get a deposit before i start and the second i hand them over please can you pay me because i can't float 60 surfboards so with all these imported boards the dudes are floating some numbers you don't have to pay at the end of the season oh we sold 20 here's the check for 20 and we're yeah. good mm -hmm. so it sort of eliminated me from that i can't compete not and just all the you, small, a lot, yeah. a lot yeah. of small, small so that's brands. why for just going direct to a customer you roll up to my shop and i'll make you a board and you know there's no middleman you get the deal because you came straight to me and um you know there's no there's no middleman involved yeah right? so to get a hold of you just go to your website which is well you can go to instagram which is um barry v surfboards or my shop is just behind the smokestacks on Huntington in, in Huntington on um, Hamilton and Newland. And so my fish logo is on the door. You can see the fish on the door. Is there an office number? Yeah. 8570 Hamilton. And um, no, it's become... telephone. Landline. Oh, yeah. The one that's attached to the wall. Um, and right now, that little spot that I am is a little bit of a hub. I've got... Um, so I've been there for 23 years um, Robert August moved in around the corner. Nice. Lisa, Robert August, and she's in the same building. And then Doc moved in a couple doors down from me. Well, not a couple doors, like 10 doors down from me. So there's three little places in there right now. So, you know, it's kind of a cool, cool hub for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll, you know, buzz next door and go chat to Doc every so often or go, you know, go to RA and see what they're up to. So it's a, it's not a volatile community. It's pretty friendly, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's which awesome. Is, which is rad. Yeah, because like yeah, you guys are all 
we're in the it's same the boat same. you know yeah, yeah 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 and it's you know you have your same clients you you share some clients there's definitely you know there's enough people to go around for sure yeah um and we, we were kind of talking about it earlier with covid how gnarly yeah too busy, much yeah yeah that you all outdoor stuff but surfing in particular yeah. you know i remember when i worked for pat rawson he told me that he and john carper spoke about oh you my competition one of them said it and pat goes nah he goes we're not competition he goes we are our own competition you know if you produce or if you don't produce if your boards go if they don't yeah. you know you're going to spook your clients away more than them getting stolen by that guy if you don't take care of your guys you know so yeah true good you know view. yeah 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 worry about your own craft yeah. and your own business and, yeah. and put out good product and you'll be yeah. busy give forever. it give we, it your we, all you know we say it all the time people like to do business with people they like yeah you know so yeah. if you're a cool dude and you're a cool shaper you make good boards yeah people are going to find you yeah you know and stick with you yeah yeah the repeat thing is a it's a privilege you, the guy you forget and then you look at the order card you're like holy crap i've been making this dude board for that long yeah and that's with jeff that i mentioned when i lived downtown he came to me and your sugar daddy my sugar daddy <laughs> <laughs> damn dude he rolls up to me and uh and he goes hey can i order a board for my um my my nephew or something his name was tucker how the hell did i remember that and so he, i gave him a price I'm, i looked at jeff and he's like you know he's in an old ford ranger and he's got like some tattered jeans i'm like no way this poor dude's buying a board for his nephew or whatever yeah, yeah. i'm gonna then, hook him up yeah we'll hook him up and come to find out, you know, he's he's well off enough. He doesn't, you know, the Ford <laughs> Ranger is his work truck and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And I think he appreciated years later that I, you know, I didn't gouge him or whatever the case is. And we've been bros, you know, that's ever cool. since. And I mean, yeah, that goes, that's, I have a lot of those kind of stories, you know. Yeah. And that's, again, going back to this point, like just being a good person yeah. and, and being a good businessman and, and hooking people up and, and that's fair for, for you. So you yeah. can stay in business and it's, you know, it's saving them a, a little bit on their end. Yeah. Cause but the, the bro deal, which is the most over, overused yeah. term in the surf industry. Only recently I've kind I'm of, sorry, I use that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me too. I call Brad Blankenship, you know, I'm like, Hey Brad, it's my kid's birthday. Can you give me a bro deal? You know, I'll, I'll call him up in a second. Yeah. You know? I'm going to call it brew deal. The brew deal. <laughs> the brew deal. <laughs> but, um, I, I've, I've sort of made you know. it, yeah, you got to. Yeah. Yeah, I saw snowboards here. Yeah. I'm assuming you didn't, you didn't pay that. full price. Oh, hell no. Yeah. But um, I, uh, well, there's a I like it. I like it to work both ways. And I've, I've adjusted my brew deals for sure. Where, okay, I'll give you a better price based on the, the bro deal syndrome. But you've either got to prepay or understand that you're not in the front of the line at that price. You know, you kind of got to make it work both ways. Because yeah. up yeah. until that... The bro deal meant you getting a bro price and I'm, you know, sucking ass on the back end of this thing, yeah, you know, yeah. for no money. So. I'm going to stop calling. I'm going to stop doing, asking for bro deals. I'm just going to ask for brew deals. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is. It's like, you know, you know, those reoccurring customers, you know, the ones that, you know, it's not for everybody and, yeah. and it's got to make sense and you yeah. got to have some full price and slide in. You know, one that's not full price. Yeah. It's, you know, it's got to be the business. wheels yeah. turning, you know, whatever yeah. you do to keep it turning. 
Do you do your your sons uh, have a, a a shaping knack? Have you brought them in? Have no, they had interest? I, you know, it's funny that you ask that because I've never with surfboards and ding repair and all this kind of stuff. The temptation that I fell for. Um, the temptation is, is you are 16 years old and you shape a surfboard and you sell it and you get 200 bucks or whatever that number is. And you're like, 200 bucks, this is the best shit in the world, you know. But the problem is, if you don't do your own thing and do it, you could be 65 and still you only got 200 bucks for the thing, you know. Yeah. So you've got to, you've got to like, you may have your own business or whatever in a production sense. It's dangerous because you don't. Your, your pay scale is that for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. So with my kids, I didn't want to tempt them with like, hey, here's some easy money. Why don't you fix some dings and make 50 bucks as a 15-year-old or whatever? And then they think, 50 bucks, I'll conquer the universe with this, you know? Yeah. So um, Jack has shaped his own, hand-shaped, and he's he holds the tools correctly and all this kind of stuff. Max doesn't like the sound of the scratch sound of sandpaper. I'm like, hey, do this. And he's like, oh, my ears. And I go, okay, you can't He's a mommy's boy. Yeah, bro, you take the sandpaper away from me, you know. But um, Jack digs to get dirty. He'll, you know, him and I, when we made that 14-foot paddleboard together, we shaped it together. We laminated together barefoot. I've got to send you a photo. It's a good one. Eric Ching took the photo. He came in and I'm, this black carbon mess all in the room and I'm barefoot and, I'm standing in the under my feet are just hot, like hammered, you know, just, but Jack is there right next to me, barefoot, just lambing. I got to be barefoot. I can't oh, wear damn bad. shoes. Yeah. And that's like 14 feet, which is like ginormous. Yeah. That's a big did, one. Did you I, shape it out of foam? Yeah. So I had it cut, uh, Brian Lindsay at ProCam cut a billet of foam, 14 foot, 21 and a half inches wide. It's like, like a proper paddleboard. Yeah. From, it's a prone paddleboard. Yeah. You know, he's done with Danny Nichols, done the the crossing a few times, you know, and, um, so yeah, they, it was a fun project. Him and I got it first carbon that I did on my own with him. So it was a good, good, uh, good project to do yeah. with Jack for sure. Do you, do you feel like, you know, surf shapers are kind of like a lost art? Do you see another generation? Do you feel like I do there's... see another one creeping, I must say, you know, um, but the, the the hard work and the money sort of distracts, you know, I mean, you got to love it. You got to love be, it. And you got to realize you supplement like it's not as easy maybe as it was to get up and going. There's too many people that the CNC machine has allowed everyone to jump in and go. Um, but I see you know, there's a little bit of a resurgence of hand shaping, which kind of gets, you know, they talk about soul. I don't think, personally, I don't feel like a hand shape or a machine shape gives you soul. That's not where the soul comes from. I think the person doing the work and making the effort to make the best board he can and dealing with a client, the soul comes from the human. It doesn't come from this inert piece of foam, you know? Yeah. Um, but they do talk about hand shaping is where you've got the soul with a hand shaping. And yeah. a lot of these dudes are emphasizing and they even pricing a hand shape different to the CNC machine shape, which I think that's that's valid for sure. You yeah. Know? Um, I mean, it's a different effort laid out. I, I did talking about an 11.3. There's an 11.3 brank and I hand shaped two of these damn 11.3s. And I was like, 
holy crap for 50, whatever 75 bucks why didn't i just you know i mean it that's hacking down this beast of a board and i could have just paid 75 bucks to get it done on the machine and it's done yeah but instead i'm like now nah, let me hand shave i couldn't even get it maxed out my room so i get to the end and i gotta to reach to get the planer there and i reach to get the planer i couldn't walk yeah. around it was a pain in the ass but anyway so uh, yeah i would say it, at some point there's not enough at this stage money in it to appeal to a youngster. Yeah. I mean, maybe if there's no more free money being given to us or something like that, they'll figure like, hey, I better get back to work at some point. But yeah. when there's free money thrown around and you, or you got to go and work your ass off for a few hundred bucks, I think they'll choose the easy button, you know? Yeah. I feel like there's a, a resurgence of some, some sort of like DIY, yeah, you know, with the younger, the craftsmanship, the kids, the craftsmanship thing is, you know, they are focusing on craftsmanship more now than I've felt in the past. Where not just the shaper, who's like the lead singer of the band, you know, they looking at the laminator, and now laminators have their own Instagram vibe, and they've got a name, and they've got a reputation yeah and they because they're proud of what they do and they're doing amazing shit and it's showing yeah and then the sander who was the most obscure dude is like hey i'm look at these edges and i'm proud of what i'm doing and it's showing and everybody you know with pride i think shows a little bit of it's showing a resurgence i think and you know when it's not just the shape of getting the limelight but all the guys in the background i think it's it's a good sign yeah that's cool yeah i i you know i know you know like you and a lot of other shapers have their little office showroom slash you know shaping bay and everything and you know i grew up you know on on main street you know and it was like 20 25 freaking you know shops yeah and, you know they're all different shapers you know you got yeah carl hayward and you got baluster and you yeah. got you know yeah. randy lewis and you had chucked in you had george's you had you know you had all those windings you know there was just and they're all able to su- survive back then and there was yeah. a quarter of the surfers if not even you know yeah that are now you know but we yeah. didn't have but you, you know, didn't have big de- big deposits of boards landing landing from shop, you know? us yeah and you know but it you know i think i think there's room for that you know kind of yeah you know if you know like you're speaking of like these younger generations that you know maybe they're doing some other side hustles maybe they're sponsored maybe they're they got a couple unique brands in there and yeah. selling and then they're selling boards and Creating just a different atmosphere of surf shop, kind of I, like an old school. Vibe. Yeah, I mean, there's a few shops, you know, that are a little bit more boutique kind of style that yeah. are popping up, and the, you know, like I look at the boards at first, like who is this dude, and then you see them again and again, and you know, they become name brand kind of boards, and um, they are they recognizing their value whereas the old school dudes are like i can only get 50 bucks with it these guys are almost more bold and going bullshit i'm going to charge two thousand dollars for this you know right and the guys are like oh it's two grand okay two grand all of a sudden damn that's what you're charging for these boards you know kind of getting kind of exclusive yeah make it a little bit more premium yeah Yeah. obviously you know you got to charge more for that kind of business model but yeah which i think is long overdue Uh, you know if you if you get in there and try to do something from start on your own when i first started doing it when i um bought roger heinz's building in um westminster his shop i should say not building the factory 
and did every step myself and it's like routing fins the yeah. guys get like a couple of bucks or whatever to route the fins and when you're learning how to do it and you've got them done and you okay i just made six bucks or it was four bucks fifty at the time a buck fifty a fin <laughs> and it took this long like no way i'm out like yeah. straight away you're going there's no way i mean it takes an you know it took me a long time at first and then you realize hey man this is you you take special become, skills it takes yeah. a lot of hours to to get to that it, yeah, yeah. And then even when you had that, it's not like, hey, we'll pay you 10 bucks a fin now. No, it's still a buck 50 or two bucks a fin. You know, it's not enough money to live. So um, I don't, no one, you don't get paid enough for sure. Um, but I think with with the imported boards, they sort of dictate the price. If you went into HSS and a Firewire was 500 bucks, I'm out. I can't, comp- you know, I mean, I've got to be below those. Do you know you're going to go out of business? Yeah. So I'm, I appreciate that they've marked their boards at eight or nine hundred bucks. It gives me a bit of room, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I think in Australia at one point the imported dudes were just dumping boards, and all the small guy shapers were like, "Holy smokes!" Even my best friends like, "I'd love to get a board from you, but your board's six hundred bucks, and I can go get a board off the rack right now that looks pretty damn good for four hundred bucks." Then yeah. I could use that two hundred bucks. I'm out of here, you know. Yeah, there's. It, it's been a funky run in the last decade, you know. Yeah. But you know, going back to the shapes, and you know, I always bring up our quivers. You know, yeah. it's like you know, the fact that you're able to have this variety pack. Yeah, the versatility. You know, the guy, yeah. yeah, the versatility. The guy's like, well, you know, I got my short board, which is, you know, you're not riding often, you know. Yeah. At least here, certain times of year. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, it's I need my fun. Mid, yeah, mid-lengther and yeah. oh you know it's kind of flat and soft i want my you Ooh. know my my little fish or yeah. my little 20 yeah and then you gotta go to sano yeah you so, my long so the, yeah. The, the quiver you know has kind of expanded for for the, the yes it has the, the average or or the you know the surfer that's pretty into it yeah you know so it keeps keeps you guys busy i think yeah 100 you know? it's not just one board i'm you know, a lot of guys will come in, hey, I want two or three. Whoa, okay, let's make one and then go to the next ones. But um, that is a valid point for sure. I dig the thought of that. Um, you know, and, and that's what's going on right now is the guys are getting a multiple variety of boards yeah. and they're not afraid to experiment with something unusual. Normally, it's like this variety of quiver and then throw, what, what do you think? Let's do something weird, you know? And then you throw the wild card at them and go, how about the blunt nose, mini Simmons kind of thing? Well, it's a win-win for, for you because it keeps you on the toes and creative and it brings extra business in, but it's great for us surfers because it's like, you want to go out and, and not just be monotonous and boring and say, I'm on this. I don't know if this is right board. You like, you're pulling out like a board where you're going to have fun regardless. If it's two foot or if it's head high and super mushy or head yeah. high and bolt, you know, whatever, you're going to bring out a board that's going to like get you psyched. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, the, the, everybody's, a, you know, coming the, out The ahead. other thing, you know, business wise with being busy is I make boards for surfers. I'm not like, it's not a, even if you're a weekend warrior, I mean, the guys that I make boards for, it's not a season like how hey, I'm surfing in the summer. The dude's rolling in the winter when it snows out in Huntington Beach. It doesn't matter. The guy's... <laughs> so so it's not, you know, even though it slows down a little bit at certain times, but for the most part, the guys are getting boards year-round, you know? Yeah. So those quivers, 
you know, your fish and all that kind of stuff, your gliders and your fun boards and your mid-range 20s and all that kind of stuff, they're getting in the summertime. In the wintertime, they're getting performance step-up guns and all that, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, shoot. Dude, I've taken up way too much of your time. Not even. Almost, uh, well, shoot. two hours and 40 minutes. Near 30. <laughs> I think I might We've lost one of those. Yeah, you got to. It's like half the clientele have checked out about an hour ago. So no you way, better. dude. This, no, we got loyal listeners, dude. Yeah. They love this show, man. Damn. Just, uh, yeah, but, but no, thank you for yeah. coming on, man. Well, and I Congratulations you. on over, you know, 30. almost 30 years of Damn. Barry V. Surf thank course. you. Yeah. God, yeah, it went quick. Yeah, and it, listeners, it please um, check check him out. I, I don't think he has a website, so you have to just show up and, and <laughs> knock and on the door. Knock on the door. If Is there a landline? No. The no. one that attached to the wall? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Nobody I has landlines. No one was, has landlines anymore. That was easy. Those are the good days. Yeah. Because yeah. now the dude, you know, if the in fact this thing hasn't buzzed since I've been here, but you know they. It's over here. Oh, that's why. <laughs> you know, it's um. Yeah, I, I like the landline days. You shit's hitting the fan, and you only know it on Monday morning when you go in and push replay. Yeah, you know, yeah, replay. Yeah. Well, congrats. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, this is a rad story. And, yeah, you know, it's kind of cool stepping down memory lane. It's stuff that I that I was wondering did I actually do that? Was that me? But there's <laughs> quite a few things I did when I was a young buck. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be able, to be able to just travel to surf, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, know. to live your like live your dream. I mean, I I'm honestly that's what I'm doing. I forget it sometimes, and you take it for granted. Yeah, but that's. Hey, it's what I did. I mean, it's, you know, I, I moved here from the other side of the universe to come here. Why? I don't know. But it's, I'm loving it, you know. And now I live through my kids. They're doing the same crap that I was doing and traveling and... And that's it. Paying yeah. forward and trying yeah. to expose them to a, a, a life of, you know... Radness. Well, for sure. Like, yeah. we're, we're eternal groms. Like, we want to, yeah. you know... Yeah. We're still frothing for, it's, for surf and... We don't feel our yeah. age. You don't feel your age. Nah. except just when, when you get up my, and you try. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ow. But, you know, I, I watched a couple of your, your clips from some of those right mainland. Fuck, this guy's still ripping, dude. Damn. Yeah. Every time I go, I'm like, I hope I'm going to get to my feet this time around, mm-hmm. you know. It, it, the, the longer you get in the tooth, you think, man, I hope I hope I got another good barrel in me. I hope I got, you know, I shouldn't throw in the towel this soon, but no. yeah. You're still going to be ripping, bro. I hope so. <laughs> bro. All right, guys. Well, thanks for yeah, uh, I listening. Appreciate it. Thanks, uh, Barry V Surfboards. Thank Barry you. Barry V on Instagram. Yep. Barry V Surfboards, yeah. Yep. And then uh, you do have a website? No. No, I don't. Just 8570 Hamilton is where yeah. my shop is. Come mean. check us out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right get on. the brew deal. After <laughs> the brew deal. Peace. Yeah. Thank you, boys. Bonsai Bowls, hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bowls, go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill, clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. 
You could also call them at 949-515-0909. CalienteSouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams, for our awesome artwork, and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.